This is Tabcast 55, and we use it to play several classic games, discuss which games we covet the most, and we play a game for three years when we review the game Seasons. Okay, this is Tabcast 55. I'm Fred. I'm joined by my wife. Oh, you're going to let me say it this time? <laughs> well, I don't want complaints, but evidently I'm going to get them either way. Nicole. <laughs> I wasn't even expecting it. It's like, who am I? What's my name? I don't even know. <laughs> well, Nicole. Yeah, that, that's me. Hi. Hi. What's your favorite time of the year, would you say? Uh, We're playing a game called Seasons this week as our feature. And what would you say your favorite season is? Probably fall. Yeah, because you like to see things die. No, because the weather's nice. <laughs> but I was going to say also a little bit spring because the right. weather gets nice. I don't know why. I mean, I, cold. I, 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 I'm with you, though. I like the fall. I think it's because um, in the fall you got like holiday season and you got, you know, cooler temperatures and you finally get this relief. You know, it's like the, the torture of the heat of summer is over and you're like, oh, thank goodness. And then you get to have a holiday with your family, a holiday of candy and, you know, a holiday where you give gifts to everybody and it's... Yeah, but I'm starting to warm up to spring. (laughs) Warm up to spring. (laughs) Well, no, because the weather gets warmer. But the thing that really gets me is the days get longer and I love that so much. And that definitely is an advantage over fall where the days are getting shorter and shorter until they're just not there. Right. And you're leaving work and it's already dark and who is texting me? Why is your ringer on? I don't know. Turn it off right now. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. My grandma's birthday's coming up. Yeah, put it down. You're done with that. I have to shop. Mm-mm, stop right now. Put it down. I'm stopping. There you go. She's going to be 99. Give the woman a break. I'm giving her a break, just not you. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> 99. So, right. Uh, I would say fall for me, too. But it's it's just because there's so <laughs> it's so compressed in there. I mean, you've got Oktoberfests. You've got Halloweens. You've got Thanksgiving. You've got... You, you know, know what, though, my, my favorite New season Year's. is what the one where you're the least busy, whatever one that is. That's like right around. Well, it's summer. I'm not that busy. I like summer then. I hate summer so much, so it's so hot. I know, but you're home and I like that. I know, but see, I get less busy when all those corporate guys are like, it's too hot to wear a suit to work every day and I'm going to go out with my family. My kids are off. That's when I get to have like have time off. I know your least favorite time. Right, it's my least favorite holiday like season. I like, if you were to <laughs> my rank my least favorite them, holiday is I'm summer. Gonna rank, let's, I'm going to rank my seasons. Okay, fall is number one, spring is number two, winter is number three, and summer is number four. Sorry, that's pep scratching. <laughs> you didn't take her collar off. Get a scratch on. <laughs> so what what, do you, what would you say? You'd probably just shift fall and summer, or not fall and or winter and summer. Yeah, I like summer better than winter. Right. Because I like the warmth. Because you're a lady. But Nicole, guess what? What? Even in this season of winter, we still got some games to play. Let's find out about that. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what God played. All right, Nicole. First up, 
we played a game that you got at the miniature market ding and dent store. Now this this card pack, <laughs> this is a card game, and we noticed it wasn't dinged and or right, dented. Right. Sometimes you see them and there's no damage on them at all, and it's obvious that this is in here not because it was beat up or damaged. It's and just it was in here. Super cheap. Right. Now this is the third game. This is called Suburbia Slashers, is the title of the actual pack. But the the uh, the actual name of the game system is Grave Robbers from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. And this is a, it, I mean, it's just a take that game by Z-Man yeah. Games. Now, I don't think, I don't even know if they still publish it or not, but they published quite a few of these, all with different kind of schlocky sci-fi themes or something like that. Mm-hmm. This one was supposed to be themed like slasher movies. Right. Uh, it did slasher a, slash sci-fi. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say straight up that it did a terrible job of theming. <laughs> no, it did an okay job of theming. It no. just didn't implement that theme into any kind of interesting play they, mechanic. They, it was like the slasher part of it was like just like a little sprinkle on the side of everything, everything that was involved. It seemed like every theme was already packed in this one anyways. Well, here's the basics of the game. Okay. You get like, what, five cards each? I think, to start And then with. you had to play the cards to attack your opponent. Like well, you were making a movie. This game, you're you're making a movie is what you're doing. You're a director, and you're directing a schlocky slasher film. And you've got locations, you've got actors, and mm-hmm. then you have monsters. monsters. Okay? And monsters, didn't you, don't we play them so on you'd each play, other? you'd play a location into play in front of you, and then you'd play your actors into play in front of you. And then you draw up cards to have five. Right. And then you'd attack with the monsters against the location and actors. And if the monster's attack value was more than the defense value of the location and the actor, then right. you took out their movie. Right. Because locations and actor cards, you, <laughs> makes can, no you, sense. you, play, you can play like your whole <laughs> hand out every turn. And, and you, you would play these locations and characters and stuff together. And you, I think you started with a couple of them. Like well, on, you had to start with them. You had to start right. with, a, you had to have a location, you had to have an actor to even start the game. Right. Now, other people can like shut down your location, like destroy it or change it. They can play a location straight out of their hand onto your location to change it and stuff like that. Right. They can, uh, they can add actors to your cast that are negative. But what you're really trying to do with all these locations and actors is to just generate a defense value, but it's also your victory point value. Right. So you kind of have this like really like obvious, like very transparent score going and you're trying to finish the game and you have to do it by playing a like little end of game card. It's called the credits card, the end credits card. And you're, you don't know when that's going to come up in the deck. It could come up in five minutes. It could come up, you know, when you on the very last card of the last draw, you know. Um, so you're playing at least two rounds. You can't play the, the end credits until two rounds are played. So they acknowledge up front that, that, that you may get the end credits card right up front. And Which that would have be been a, nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the cards themselves, I will say this. Okay. This game is a take that game. And you just basically play cards out in front of you trying to generate points. And you play bad cards on your opponent trying to take points away. And every turn you could attack them. You had these attack cards that would like send a monster over their way. And the monster would kill people on their cast or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what's going on. It's really bad. Yeah. It's just not a a fun game. There's nothing to it other than just sort of like random hands of cards that do random things. Well, for probably like six hands, 
you had a location and like six actors right. and you'd managed to kill my, or, you know, yeah. shut down my location mm-hmm. and kill my actor. And I kept drawing cards, but I kept not getting any locations or any actors. Like I had none. Right. So I had nothing I could play in front of me. All I could do was continue to try and attack you. But in the meantime, all you're doing is building up your resources again. So I can't even attack you well enough because I can't take out as many actors as you have because you've got like six actors. Right. It just didn't make any sense. It was terrible. And then what happens? You pull the zombie fortress card or something like that. Remember you had like some fortified card that was like a 30 defense by itself? Right. So then you couldn't do anything against it. Which that one card superseded everything I had on the table. And I had like 10 actors and a location on the table. And her one card was worth more than that. Right. And it was just like, great. Okay, so I'm waiting for a location card. And I I wasn't getting one. What isn't getting one? I just went like three hands in a row. And then I pulled the end credits and I was like, end this stupid game. Right. I mean, honestly, I just I threw it out and purposely lost the game just because I wanted it to be over. It just didn't didn't make any sense. It was was kind of upsetting that it was so bad because the cards themselves, if they'd actually had a point, were really interesting. Right. They were really fun. Like you could see like how things should have been able to work together. Like you had a vampire and he was, you know, extra points against the goth chick, you right. know, or maybe. Was no, it? if you had no. the goth chick in your cast and someone she was, played a vampire, a, her, her bonuses against the vampire would go away because she wouldn't fight the vampire. Right. Because she liked the vampire because <laughs> she's goth, you know, <laughs> or you had ridiculous. like a, the, the swamp creature or whatever. And if he right. was attacking the swamp, then he got a bonus because right. that's his natural habitat. I mean, right. that kind of stuff is really, really mm-hmm. fun. But mm-hmm. there are so many different ones that you just, it didn't seem to come up very often that you'd get the right card with the right guy to get the right effect. Right. The the only, I, I just say, the only other fun thing about this game was at the start of the game, you drew a series of cards out of the deck randomly and you created a title uh, from the names on the cards because they had these words, these single words on them, and ours served no other purpose, did they? Right, and you had you still had to fill in the blank a little bit, but you did have you did come up with a fun title, and ours mm-hmm. was called "Fear of the Super or the Serpent Humanoid Cannibals of Hell Lake." <laughs> Fear of the Serpent Humanoid of can- Cannibal, yeah, that's what it was. Fear of the Serpent Humanoid Cannibal of Hell Lake was our na- <laughs> the name of our movie. Which I've watched enough uh, Sven Gulli uh, to to actually believe that that could have been a movie. Yeah, bad one, but yeah. Sven Gulli, by the way, is the nerdy version of Elvira that's still on TV right now. At least it's on, I think it's on Me TV on Saturday nights. We TV, isn't it? No, is me. Is it me? Yeah, Me TV. Oh, eh. That was the name of our game. He's and based out of Chicago, anyhow. We Neither one of us like this, and I'm going to say if the other ones are probably the same, which I bet they are, I would pass on this game. Yeah, even if it's like a dollar. Space games, it's not even worth a dollar. You're just taking up space in your house with it. Yeah. Why would you pay a dollar to keep garbage in your house? It's like, it's like, (laughs) like the most I could even say about it is it might be as much entertainment as reading a comic book with no plot. Right. It's a bad game with witty writing on it. Really fun little cards. And that's it. Right. So the next game we played is a game that you got for free. What happened? Um, I have three people that are underneath me and. They're really awesome. Subordinates is what we call them. Servants. Okay. No, I'm just it's kidding. Whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, God, I think it was supposed to be my Christmas present from them, but right. it was delayed, didn't come out on time or whatever. Okay. And uh, so I was having a particularly bad week where two of my peers both quit 
Right. Same day, put in their notice. You, right? No, it said? wasn't my fault. They didn't say that. No, that wasn't oh, it. They just told me that wasn't that. it at all. They were my peers. <laughs> they weren't. They didn't work underneath me. Yeah. My three people were staying. Those two people that were, you know, hmm. anyhow, they were leaving, and it was a really crappy week. So that just happened to be when my Christmas present showed up. Apparently. Okay. So I go to open. Uh, I've got a drawer that I had to open. I get in there, and there's this package all wrapped for me and a little sign that says how much they appreciate me and all that I've taught them. And thank you so much. Love the dream team. And I'm like, that is the nicest thing ever. So a basketball team from Olympics in the the, eighties. They're my dream team. Oh, never mind. Okay. Anyhow. Um, so (laughs) I opened it up and inside was star Wars clue. Oh, which is really nice. Now, What's special about star Wars clue, Nicole? You have to build the board. Right. And it builds into the uh, death star. Right, so you got this big 3D board. Yeah, which is really cool. I had heard online that it was kind of uh, a little bit uh, not made the best, but I think maybe they weren't putting it together quite right because ours stayed together fine once you got everything popped out. It was sturdy enough. Right, putting it together isn't. It doesn't exactly snap into place. No, but it once just you sort of like get kind of mushes in, together, and then once it's together, it's fine. Yeah, once it's together, it's fine. Like we were able to move our characters around the the whole Death Star, and it never fell Very apart. It didn't fall over. It's it's like a you play on like a half a circle, you know, and it's, it's like, like a three quarter circle. And and you've got these. You got two levels. These you've got like two walkways. One's the bottom board that you set the thing up on, and then you have a walkway that's up above that. Right. And each of these walkways. You know, just like, I mean, imagine this is Clue. So you have to imagine Mr. Body's house. Okay. Mr. Body's house has little hallways with spaces in between them. And it has a bunch of doors that you can go in that are different rooms and they're spread out. Right. Same thing, only it's two only levels. Only in a Death Star. So there's like a little elevator space right. on you either got, side that you had to go to. You got the tractor beam room and you mm-hmm. got the trash compactor room and the throne room and <laughs> the laser room. And, and then you had a, what was <laughs> control the? Control deck. There the was, docking bay. Where did everybody get stuck? Like some. The tr- well, there was like a security detention cell. Yeah, or something detention like that. center. Yeah. Right. So if you got caught by stormtroopers, right now, so you, that's that's something unique in the game. Yeah. Because in Mister Body's house, you never you, you can walk the hallways freely. Right. But this is no the problem. Death Star. Right. Okay? You're you not don't just to be walk there. around the Death Star, son. No. <laughs> so you go out in the hallways in this game, and if you get stuck in the hallways, like it's a roll and move game, and if you if you don't roll the enough to get into the next room, you have to draw a card from the encounter deck. Right. And the encounter deck is you either get a free pass to go wherever you want, or you get caught by stormtroopers. And there was one other one. I can't remember what it was. It was like a hold it until later card. Right. It was some sort of scan thing or something where you could yeah. look at a card. From oh, some you could look player. at somebody else. Yeah. Cause like the whole point of clue is there's one card. That's the, the person, the, it's like person, place, or and thing. And thing. And those three cards are put aside, and then the rest of them are dealt out between everybody who's playing. Right. And you have to deduce by looking at other people's cards and stuff. Right. What were well, the what person, place, one? or thing that that are being that are out? What is this one instead? Right. So in the in clue, you have the where the body was found, what uh, the murder what the, weapon, what the murder was. weapon was, and who was it? Right. So what is this one? This one was. Um, where were the plans kept on the Death Star? Right. Um, for the Death Star itself. For the Death Star. What planet was being targeted? To be destroyed next. And what vehicle were you going to use to escape the Death Star with those plans? Right. So those are the three things you're looking for. Right. Now, in, in other Clue games, you 
shuffle these cards up in these three distinct areas, and then you deal, you know, one to every single person, and you deal, you know, one a piece, you know, of these to uh, a a folder, to a, folder, a secret right. folder, so that you have that that Death Star plan location, the escape vehicle, and the next target, and you have all that stuff stuffed in a folder. And at the start of the game, you're kind of asking your fellow players, because it is competitive. You're not trying to do it together, even though thematically you would be trying to do it together. Right. Because the Death Star is awful for everybody except for those who own the Death Star. (laughs) Right? Pretty awful for them, too, in the end. But, you know, spoiler alert. Right. The Rebels win. So you you kind of interrogate each other during the course of this game. And when you go into a room, uh, you can ask... Something about that room. That room will be the location of the plans every single time when you ask it, when you go in a certain location. But you can then ask two other questions. And starting with the player on your left, you go around the table. And if someone can counter your your query, so for instance, you would say uh, the trash compactor, Yavin, and the X wing. Mm-hmm. And if the if anybody has Yavin or the X wing or even the trash compactor card, you know, starting at the person on your left, they show you one card, and right. you can then try to mark that off on your little deduction sheet. But if they can't show you anything, it goes to the next person, right? And it may go all the way around the board, right? If it does, well, you got a pretty good chance of knowing that what's in the uh, right, what's in the folder. And then you just have to make your way. And this one, unlike regular Clue, on regular Clue, you could just make an accusation at the top of your turn and finish the game you don't even have to to get somewhere no you don't you don't have to get to the ballroom or anything in the room or anything you just do it Hmm. Uh, i thought you had to get back to the room or something in this one you have to be in the docking bay i know right i don't i don't think in regular clue you did you could do it i don't remember it's been a long time since we played it but but you just get to the docking bay and you do the thing and you're done and then you make your accusation and then you get out so it could end up being a race to roll out of there which if you get stuck in the hallway and you get sent back to the detention center Right. Could be a problem because the only way to get out of the detention center is for someone to come and save you. Now, we played this six players. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, six players, which I think is That's isn't the, it max. the maximum. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah. what did you think about Clue? Is it okay? It was fun. I mean, it's yeah. Clue. It's, it's you know, it's still Clue. If you like Clue, you'd probably enjoy it. If you don't like Clue, this is not going to make it any better. If you don't have Clue at all, but you love Star Wars, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, just get Clue. <laughs> well, maybe Electronic Clue would be... I mean, the, I think all the, all the clues are pretty good. I mean, they're all about the same. We all the same basic idea, deduction. We used to have a habit of every time we would go on vacation, we'd end up at a toy store or something. Right. And it seemed like we'd always end up buying some version of Clue, which yeah. is ridiculous because it's a three-player game. There's only two of us, so we haven't played. Well, we did get Electronic Clue, which allowed two players. Right, and that's why we got it. Right. We were like, look at this. You can play Clue two-player. Woo! So we Clue's got it. Clue's not bad. Um... But what's it's that, also three-player. What's that game I'm trying to think of? Mystery Mansion? No. Dead End thir- 13, no, Dead you're, End Drive? You're naming, you're naming oh. mass market games. I'm talking about the, uh, the um, one with the gem heist. Sleuth. Sleuth, yeah. Sleuth is a very distilled version of this same idea, and you just get rid of the roll and move, and basically all the theming beyond just trying to figure out what diamond it is. It's all it's all the deduction it's without any of the uh, right. it's, board game. It's the Sid Saxon version of it, which is just a. It's the card game. It's the very distilled, no frills version of this, and I, and I I don't know if I prefer it more. I don't think I do. I think I like the theme of a murder mystery instead yeah. of just a diamond heist and and having the board and having the little pieces and stuff. And this one didn't have any little pieces. That's I missed that. 
Yeah, it did. You, you got well. I mean, you had we little had figurines, but it didn't have those cool little. Oh, you didn't have your weapons. little knife in the. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I missed that. If I was gonna, if you were gonna tell me which one would you like, I would like. I'd just get the normal clue. Eh. And clue's not a bad game. Don't get highbrow about this. Clue's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's still a deduction game. You still play against each other in our game. I didn't win. Uh, of all the mass market games, I would say Clue's probably my favorite. The, the winner of our game got really lucky on his first guess. Yeah. And I mean, it is. It does suffer from that, where if someone guesses the right series of of you know things all at once, and it almost gets around the table, they can follow it up by just like eliminating one of the two, and you're like, you want it, you want to have it so that everybody guesses, and the next person right next to him stops them from getting any more information. Mm-hmm. But if they get past all those people, they already know, and all the way down to one person, they're they're doing pretty well. Yeah, he he got a lot of information early on. Yeah, I didn't get that far. What was nice, too, is I got to play with two of my three dream team, too. Right. The third she one had her be there. co-workers over for that day. Yeah. But that's Clue, Star Wars Clue. I'd say if you like a murder mystery more, get normal Clue. If you like Star Wars a lot and you don't have Clue at yeah. all, I Go wouldn't say it. buy a new Clue for it. But if you have... Uh, it's kind of... It's neat, though. It's it's, it's a neat show piece, too. It's a 3D too. board. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you do have next, to take it apart every time to fit it back in the box. Right. The next thing we played that day was a game we've talked about on this podcast before, and that's Telestrations. However... What did we play, Nicole? Well, okay, everybody had talked about playing Cards Against Humanity. Right. So we went ahead and played the Telestrations After Dark instead. Right, and now we've played Telestrations Against Humanity. Right. The the, the hybrid of of Cards Against Humanity and Telestrations, and it worked out okay. A lot of naughty (laughs) naughty drawings. Yeah. Uh, This one... It, 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 okay, so just it, just for reference, this is the telephone game with drawings. So instead of whispering a story to someone and listening to how much they messed up the facts by the time it gets back to you, you're drawing something and you draw something, someone guesses what it is, then they draw, then the next person draws whatever they guessed. Right, so I draw was, a picture, you then, tell me what it is. So if I draw right. a hammer, then you write the word hammer, and then the next person has to draw a hammer, and then the next person, they guess what it is, and they can't tell what that you drew a hammer, so they guess umbrella <laughs> and so on. And it keeps going around the table like that. Right, and by the time it gets back to you, the fun of the game is trying is just seeing what happened to your picture. I don't even care in this game if my picture comes back guessed exactly as it was because you do end well we always keep score but it's still just it's an activity it just seems to work out that you end usually with with it coming back i guess if it's not if it's uneven i guess if it's it depends on if you're playing even or odds right because like Um, we've played evens every time haven't we no we played odds when we played uh regular telestrations we played evens with this one okay so um anyway point is that's that's the game. And you have these little dry erase boards and these little flip flip books that are spiral bound, so they mm-hmm. work really well. And this one comes with uh the standard eight, right? No. This one was it came six, with up, I thought. Was I thought it eight? It, yeah, it came with up to eight. We didn't okay. use all the books. Okay, yeah. Uh, the normal eight. game comes with eight. We have an expanded version of the base game, the basic game, which is twelve. This version is the after dark version. So it's it's sort of their attempt to be telestrations against humanity. Except it's called Telestrations After Dark. Right. Um, first up, I want to say much more difficult to draw these clue words than original Telestrations. Because orig- original Telestrations is pretty simple. It's not quite as simple as Hammer, but 
but it might say like sewing machine or something like that, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to draw a sewing machine, but not impossible. And someone might mistake what you drew. This one had like these, these slang terms for like, usually sexual things, right? Mm hmm. And they would you, you could either draw them literally or draw the explicit version of whatever it was. They used a lot of slang, mm-hmm. and so you kind of you kind of were like, I mean, as I was playing it, I was kind of trying to figure out: do, do these people know the naughty version of this? Do they understand the slang, or should I go for literal? And if I go for literal, it's just as hard to convey it because it's usually a two-part word, right? Like one of them. This is not sexual. It was called Dutch oven. A Dutch oven is where someone passes gas in bed with their significant and pulls the cover over their head and holds them in it so they have to partake in the smell of the gas. Okay? It's I love a, how clinical you are about this description. <laughs> right. It's called the Dutch oven. Okay? That's, it's, a, it's a mean trick to play to someone you share a bed with. Okay? Now, whenever that came up, Richard, <laughs> Richard, who is an immigrant... Got he's, on, he's from El Salvador, right. so he got, sometimes the slang is whenever him. Whenever he got a, a word, he would look it up on his phone to see what exactly they were talking about to make sure he knew how to draw it. Well, if you look up Dutch oven online, it's a cast iron like pot with a lid, a cast iron lid that you put over a campfire and you make stuff like peach cobbler and stews and stuff like that in it. And it's made right. for like open flame cooking. Right. So he draws this like pot hanging over a fire. You know, and this is funny because I just I read the back of the box and was kind of describing it to them. And Dutch oven is on the back of the, <laughs> of the box. And I told them what a Dutch oven was. And he still drew that pot over the campfire. I don't think he was paying attention at that point. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> but it, I mean, but it was funny because like, well, that one didn't we end up with like breakfast foods or something was the guess. So well, then people kept like drawing big pancakes, breakfast, you know, and, I, and yeah. I, I, of course, I think my guess was just just to be a jerk. I said something like the Grand Slam breakfast at Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's much more difficult because of that. Um, it's not really as naughty as you'd think. Because, some of it is, but some of it, no. They've got well, some just normal words in there that... There's always a literal version of what's written on the cards that you can do instead of what they're saying. Yeah. It seemed like they kind of went that round or that that route where you could kind of, you could manipulate it so you didn't have to draw stuff naughty like I would. <laughs> um, we played it with six, though. It was a lot yeah, of fun. I it was a, successful. We had a good time, and uh, we laughed a lot like we usually do with it. Um, well, Richard, despite not uh, always understanding the slang, he enjoyed it well enough. He he said he was going to go buy it because he told he was telling his wife about it. Right. And uh, she totally wanted to play it. So. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. Uh, still, just Telestrations in general. I mean, Telestrations honestly, is a great game regardless. So. Uh, if, you, if you do partake in this one, uh, if you play with primarily adults, you might as well. Because you, it's more difficult. A lot of those ones in that base box, we had to get 12 players to the table just to have a mistake. Yeah. They would go like six in a row, seven in a row with no mistake. And then suddenly someone would finally draw poorly enough that we'd have a mistake. So I liked this one a little bit more. I think the clue words were a little bit better, even though they're naughty or could be taken as but, naughty. Yeah, keep that in mind. So. Um, I, I would recommend this one slightly over the base game. I think it's going to depend on your audience. So there you go. Well, there you go. That's Telestrations After Dark. Uh, another game we played in, in the we classic. We played so much recently. Right. In the classic uh, vein, 
of Star Wars Clue, we played the game of life. Now, we the reason to. we played this is why, Nicole? Because everybody kept describing Pursuit of Happiness as the board gamer's version of the game of life. Right. Now, Pursuit of Happiness, we reviewed last episode. And right. And it, it, it was... Uh, it was fun. It was it was a fun game. I it's, wouldn't compare it to the game of life. It's at very all. modern styled, but I said, does this really thematically do anything better than life? I mean, I asked that to myself, and yeah. so we got our copy of Life. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Does it? Well, it's not even close to the same game, right? But is it more thematic? Would you say that the the feeling of living a whole life is found in Pursuit of Happiness better than the original game of Life? Mm. I half, wouldn't. <laughs> I'd say half of one, six a dozen of the other. I, mean, I wouldn't at all. I would say that life, life, it's life. The actual board game has a ton of spaces and so many little things that you hear that go by, which you're like, oh yeah, that. Well, okay, yeah, because I mean, you do so like you, to things. start. Ooh, that stupid spinner! Like right off the bat, Whoa. you have to decide: Are you going to go to college, or are you just going to skip it? Right. And so, of course, I'm going to go to college. I want to get a bigger paycheck, right? right? Yeah, no, sure, I end up as a, I end up as a teacher. Making like nothing. I mean, you taught so well, though. Uh, so many people's lives were enriched and they got great jobs because of you. Right. That's that's fantastic. Oh. So I made like nothing and you got a doctor. So you're making a ton of cash every every time you go past a payday. Right. And I'm making nothing. Now, this is this is one of the biggest complaints about life is that you know who's going to win right off the bat. Yes. And I was almost hoping that as a teacher, you would win against me as a doctor. No. Because it, it, it is. It, you just start off in this game and you spin the spinner and you decide I'm either going to get straight into the workforce or I'm going to get an education. And you have no like you don't go into college and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to be a doctor. That's what I want to be. And you end up a teacher. You don't. You, it's, but they're saying, well, that's life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things don't turn out. I mean, I mean, and, and case well, in point. sometimes people do. I mean, yeah, case in point. My, those who can do, those who can't teach. I mean, well, I'm just saying, no, case in know. point, my brother was <laughs> in ar- an archaeology, like, or an, ar- an architectural, sorry, archaeology, <laughs> architectural uh, He drew degree. up the furniture of the dinosaurs. Right. Yeah. He, was in, he was in an architectural de- degree, and he went to school for, it was a five-year degree, and in the middle of his fourth year, he changed his degree, his major, to furniture design. Mm-hmm. My brother is a technical support specialist for some sort of automotive parts store now. Right. That's what he does. Yep. He does <laughs> IT. He's never made any furniture ever. No. <laughs> so I'm just saying life is like that. So mm-hmm. you got to just kind of take it with whatever it comes up with. You know, whatever. I, I aspired to be retired by the time I was 30. It didn't happen. <laughs> How'd you do that? When I was 16, I thought, that'd be great if I could be retired by the time I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never seen you aspire to that since I've so, known you. What? This is a roll and move game. It does have a spinner that's one to ten. It's a spin and move game. I'm going to tell you that the that the trail of space is like, whenever you have these design a space kind of games, they everyone should try to live up to a, to life at least. Because life has like... 500 spaces. I didn't count it, but it's like a lot of spaces. And you roll that spinner so many times. Yeah. And you and get the, all sorts the of stuff. There's are all so really many unique. different ones. Yes. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You're going to land on something different than 
you know, and, and, than what you just landed on. Right. And there's so many little bits of life, so many bits of modern life, even still with this game that's that's and we played the classic from the 60s the classic version. Right. From like the 60s. Mm-hmm. There's so many little bits that kind of make you go, oh, that kind of thing. Or, oh, I have to pay for this guy's funeral. You know, well, mm-hmm. you may not have to do that when you're 18, but you'll have to do that by the time you're 75. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things that you kind of you, you experience these things. And, as, and it gets I think it gets more enriching as you go, mm-hmm. as you live. Um, that being said, it's short and sweet. Yeah. Even with all those spaces, you still get through it in under an hour with a couple people. Under probably half an hour if you really know what you're doing. Like, we had to refresh on the rules and we had to look up a couple things. Now, the rules, by the way, are charmingly written on the inside of the box, as all old games. I know, just on the box <laughs> on lid. The it's great. Lid. I love that. Yeah. Um, another thing is, it's a total luck fest. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, you're spinning and moving. There so you go. So just experience your life and just deal with it. Uh-huh. Life is what it is, and you just kind of deal with it, and that's what this game is. So I feel like this game is more thematic than Pursuit of Happiness ever was. Because <laughs> okay. I, 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 I think that you can kind of try to control what you're doing. Like in this game, you can make decisions like, I'm going to buy insurance so that I don't, you know, health insurance that or whatever. That worked for me. I bought the auto insurance. And right. sure enough, I got in a wreck, but I had the insurance, so I didn't have to pay anything. See? So you kind of have like a little bit of stuff that you can do. But for a lot, for most of life, it's a lot of dice rolling, and you just kind of see how it works out. Mm-hmm. And it's it's short and sweet, plays out, it's fine, it's mm-hmm. good. I like it a little more than Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. This much more. I'm gonna let Milton and Bradley know. They'll so be, that's they'll be pleased. That's the game of life. It's not. I mean, honestly. And by the way, this one has children in it. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to Pursuit of Happiness, you ended up with like three kids too. Heck yeah, they love me. I had one. I was a multi-millionaire by the end of it. Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, like the floor with me. So then we followed it up with another game that we have that we bought on mega discount at Walmart. What did we Toys play? Toys R Us. To, or, I mean, that's fine. Whatever. What did we follow up life with, Nicole? Pirates of the Caribbean life. Right. Now, this is at the world's end. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. It's whatever the third movie is. It was at world's end. Yeah. Right. We played that version of this. Now... How did you feel about this game? That game sucks. <laughs> now I'm going like, to tell you. It had you. a couple cool aspects to it. Okay, okay, what's cool about it? Tell me what's okay, cool. Okay, so same thing. You you spin the spinner, your little pirate ship. The pirate ships were cool looking. The spinner is considerably louder and clickier than oh, the yeah. other one. Oh, yeah. It's not a it nice it little... It didn't flow very well. Yeah, it's not a nice little... You had to it's kind like of a... It. it was like... Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> um, so anyhow, you spin terrible. the little spinner. Oh, and the parts, like you cannot keep the parts attached right. to the board when you put it away. You have to take all the all the little hills and stuff now, off. Yeah, because the original and book, the spinner has the original to come off. one sort of folds up like a book with yeah. a spine. Right. This one does not. It no. folds flat. So you have to pull all the little mountainous bits, any 3D feature out. Right. Go ahead. So you had to put the board together first off. Then the spinner's sucky. So then you have to pick a pirate card. So right. you're picking, you get two cards and you can decide which one you're going to be. Now these well, are characters gee. from the movies. Yeah. So I guess, hmm, am I going to be Jack Sparrow who gets 900 gold every time he passes whatever the space is? Or are you going to be, you know, Will Turner who gets 700 every time? I guess I'll go with Jack who has 
nine hundred. It just makes sense. It, this is this is how they solve job placement in this game: is you get randomly dealt two cards, and you get to decide which job you get. Right. Is basically what it which is. is just but it's which, which pirate. pirate? Yeah. Um, it also tells you where you start, which of the two little start spaces, which yeah, only determine there, like six little spaces to start with. Yeah, there's like two different start points, but like you said, there's like six spaces before, before they, they just join up again. Right. Which is dumb. Um, one thing we didn't know about this, and we would know in in future games if we played again, which we're not going to. But <laughs> we, we will someday in about a decade. But I know we won't remember this. We'll pull is it back out. The certain characters get buffs, like get like certain perks during the course of the game. Like taking a guy with the higher money, we found out later on, doesn't get anything bonus wise. But if you played as Will Turner, who made less than Captain Jack. You would get like some sort of get out of jail free card later on. You do? Yeah. A couple of times I pulled something out and it would say, you get one of these little treasure tokens. Unless you're Will Turner, then you get two. Yeah, I do remember that. So there is a little boost in there. There is a little consideration, but I mean, the the smallest That happened like one time or something where you got one that said that, and that wasn't the character that you had. It's the smallest amount of consideration you can give to it. But then... (laughs) All the spaces on the board themselves, all right. the spaces themselves, there were what, like three different spaces? Yeah. Maybe five, five max different spaces. There was not. A, okay, so straight up, if if the original game of life had 500 spaces before you reached the finale, this one had 100. And they were all the same five spaces. Yeah. Like there was one that said life. When it right. said, when you land on that, you grab a little token out of the bag. Right. That says life and on on the other side it'll say a dollar amount and then it'll list like cannonball or sword or something like that on there okay okay fine so then you there was one that was raid so you could attack your the one of the other players which is done absolutely poorly yeah so we'll talk about that in a second keep going okay um there was the curse of calypso Yes. Which meant you had to spin the crappy dial and pay that much money. Awful. Awful. And then that's only four. What else was there? Buy a ship. Oh, there was a buy a ship, but that's just the beginning. Right. And I think that was it. Pretty much it. There were a couple of things like pay Dave, you know, you run into Davy Jones and you have to run away. Spin the spinner. Oh, no, the life thing, you got the cards. That's what it was. You didn't get the tokens. You got the tokens because of the cards that you drew. Right. Anyhow. Okay, so here's how I would describe this game. First of all, 20% is as long of a a track as life, but that felt absolutely punishing the whole time I was playing it. Right. Terrible. Okay, so don't, I mean, honestly, I, I can't say, I can't really explain that I don't recommend this at all. I just said life was fun, and it is. Pirate's life is terrible. Yeah. Um, the combat is completely flat. Indeed, you uh, you have this moment early in the game where you get to buy a ship. You're required to buy a ship. You're required to, and you'll get stuck there drawing cards until you draw one that's low enough in point value to buy. Okay, right. once you buy that ship, you get to travel farther, and you can attack the other player, take their ship, or... Potentially get a new ship. Or I can't upgrade. remember how it works, yeah. but it's awful. You basically just end up spending more money. But only thing the ship gives you, absolutely, the only thing is a combat value, which is just a bonus multiple, like mo- bonus to add to whatever you spin. 
when you hit a raid space and fight the other player. Right. And so see, combat I had- is quite simply... Oh, you have a one ship and I have a two ship. Let me spin the spinner. Okay, I got a four. Okay, you got a six. You win. Uh-huh. And you get to take how many gold and you spin the spinner and that's how many gold you get to take. Right. Terrible. And I got stuck right at the beginning <laughs> because like in the very first section, I ended up landing on Curse of Calypso, had to pay like $900. So I right. land on the ship space and I've got like 200 bucks and the cheapest ship is a thousand. Right. So what do I do? I just sit there? Right. We had I to actually even... modify the rules of the game just so you could have a ship and move on. Right. Because otherwise I was it was like game over. Right. We would have to I would just play out the rest of the game and win. Right. Because I couldn't move because I couldn't afford to buy a ship right. because I landed on Curse of Calypso, which should have never been there if it can take my money. Right. Curse of Calypso is everywhere. It's like oh, every God, fifth it's space. All over the place. So you just basically this is how the game felt. Rrr. Curse of Calypso, I give up $400. Life space, okay, I get 400 bucks. You got Curse of Calypso. I mean, it's just like that constantly. Yeah, it, oh my it's gosh. It's the worst game I've played like this. I mean, it's so it, bad compared so to the original. So disappointing. And when you think that with just the, the smallest amount of, of time, you could come up with, like, let's just say 50 encounters that a pirate you know, in a fantasy pirate world like mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean could could have, you know, as an encounter or some sort of experience or some sort of exploration. Find or a something. treasure. Find a, you know, have a sword fight. Right. Fight a skeleton. Anything. You know, escape a jail. Mm-hmm. Anything. They just didn't do any work on this. It's the most ridiculous cash in on this ever. Mm-hmm. It's completely uninspired, does not capture the theme. It's the epitome of, well, it's based on a movie. How good can it be? Not right. very. Well, I'm just saying, this is not a pirate's life. No, it's very this sad. Piratic disaster. Piratic. <laughs> I don't think that's a word. <laughs> Who cares? But we're going with it. That's what I'm doing. Pirate's life is a past, but regular life, hey, awesome. still, still pretty good. I'll still play that again. Why not? Uh, the last game we played this week was we actually revisited the number 49 with four players this time. Now, if you recall, the uh, it's a bidding game where you have almost like you have almost like what's a like looks like a bingo card laying in front of you or in front of everybody. And you're placing these little colored your color of tokens down on these spaces and trying to claim four in a row. That is all you're doing. And every turn you draw a card of the card deck that applies to some sort of number. And then it has a minimum bid on it that you have to bid that much at least. And then you start a bidding around the table. And you've got limited money. And if you ever hit a, uh, which card is it that you hit and you get like money, you get paid? Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, that's the the 49 card. But then right. there's a couple others. I can't remember what they. Right. And at certain points, you you draw cards where you get paid you get for paid. every token that's on the, on the board. You get $7 back. Right. And so you're playing these cards and it's, it's up to a maximum of $49 back. That's why it's the game of 49. Mm-hmm. So you play these cards around and you're, you're managing your income and you're trying to get four in a row. And that's all there is to this game. Now, here's why this game is pretty cool to me. Okay. It has that classic sense that classic sort of play that makes you feel like you could play this with your grandmother or your mother, any extended family, people who aren't into board games would understand this game yeah. and it would have a good time playing this game. It does. It, the rules are taught almost immediately and you're playing this game. Mm-hmm. Now, 
when you and I played together, it, it, I, I can't quite remember exactly how it felt, but this time I will tell you this, it still felt fun bidding, okay, between each other, trying to get these spaces. And because you have like, once you put a token down, all of a sudden spaces around that token become more valuable. So you might get your first space for next to nothing, but the next space you get that's next to that space is going to cost you much more because people around the table are just going to kind of bid against you just to be jerks. Mm -hmm. But that's what they're supposed to do. Now, that leads to some really fun moments I found in the four-player game especially where a space doesn't matter to you at all but really matters to two other players and you just sit there and watch them bid like 90% of their money away trying to get this one space, you know? And the other thing it did is in the two-player game, you and I were constantly forced in these situations where if you're going to get your fourth space, I have to break the bank Mm -hmm. to stop you, okay? In the four-player game, you're able to stiff whoever you think has enough money to stop that person. Because if you pass in the bidding, you're automatically out of the bidding. So we were able to like go, oh, Matt's going for his fourth space. I pass, you pass, and that leaves Brianna. Poor Brianna has to spend all her money to stop Matt from winning the game. Right. Which was like a lot different. It was really interesting to play that in that way. It adds a different level of the take that, that's for sure. Right. Um, the other thing, though, it's, it's, it is a bit risky to do that because maybe Brianna's a dollar short and you don't quite realize that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little nerve wracking to do that. But usually we kind of had a good gist, you know, of who had more money than who, you know. I mean, your money is hidden, so you don't know for sure right. how much money they have. But in, yeah. in, our, in our game, I was able to keep track pretty well of who had more money than who. Yeah, if you're like a math whiz, it's not going to be hard because you know how much they've paid right. out, you know how much they start with, mm-hmm. and you know how much they've earned every turn. But my brain doesn't work that well, so. Right. So, it, like I said, it's a very simple game. You're just trying to get four in the row. You're just drawing cards. You're getting paid every so often when you get a certain card out of the deck. And, you know, the one thing I will say with four players is it overstayed its welcome by this much, just barely He's anything. He's holding his fingers really close together. It's about a half inch. That's about a half inch too much. <laughs> or one centimeter for right. you foreign listeners. <laughs> it's just like a little bit too much. It's just, I mean, if it had gone... It got a little long. It yeah. got a little bit long. I was ready long. for it to be done when it was done. And uh, in the end, I did win, but it was just like, in the end, it was like, when I won, I was just like, we, we would play these bids out where I would just it would come to me, like back around. So I'd bid on a space. I'd be like, okay... You know, I'm down to my fourth space, so I'd just be like, $112 for this space. And they'd be like, no, no, no. Okay, good, I win. There we go. That's the end mm-hmm. of the game. That's how the game ends. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure that'll probably be how it ends for everyone. Because if you're bidding on your fourth space, why mess around with the whole bidding phase of $1, $2, $3? You know, why bother? Yeah. Just go for it. 112 bucks. Yeah, and somebody's going to have to beat you or you win. Right, and if they beat you, they lose all their money. Right. So anyways, Game of 49 Revisited, I still think it's a solid game. I think so too. I think it's a good game to have in your collection. It definitely fits in that same uh, kind of uh, role as Life or Clue does. It's uh, it's an intro. But it it may be better for those people who don't quite like a silly game. You yeah. know, and would just rather play a game together. A little more strategic. Yeah. You know, not quite chess. 
Yeah, there's nothing but, wrong with this. Yeah, it's I like it. It's a good game. Game of 49, revisited with four, and still holds up. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, that's all the games we played this time. Actually, we have more games, but I'll talk about those in a different episode. Yeah. Um, now, we have our Christmas haul. And this year's wave of new games uh, as you know, befell our shelves upstairs. Now, if you are like us, you need to make room for new stuff. And this means that you have uh, some stuff has to go. And that actually made me think. It piqued my interest. Wow, would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. All right, so on the guild I asked, what game in your collection would you never get rid of even if a better or similar version of that game is released? Now up front, Glenn said, he was the first one out there, he said, easy question, he has a few. Robinson Crusoe, Adventures on the Cursed Island. He said a new version's already out, and he likes his Z-Man games ver- edition of the game. I honestly don't know what they're going to change about it, but I thought I thought artistically that it was already a really great game. I thought the book was terrible. If they just updated the book, I would have been fine. Everything else I thought looked great. Yeah, I really like how this one, how the old one looks. Right. The new one, I... I don't know. It looked more cartoony. It's uh, it's a little bit of a luck fest, but I mean, it's it's not too bad. And I think that overall, cooperative game wise, I I this is one of one of the top games that's in that sort of more uh, mechanical and and still thematic game. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't have that that traditional. Hey, we're all working together and we try to hit this guy with our sword. It doesn't feel like that at all. You're building shelters, you're collecting food. It's it's a great game, Robinson Crusoe. Uh, Kingdom Death Monster is his next one. He said, new, somewhat updated version just left Kickstarter with $12 million. Whoa. He'll just keep his first edition. I'm just going to say, no. <laughs> I don't want this game. I don't know about this game. Um, it's it's sort of like, um, it reminds me of this, uh, oh God, what, I can't remember the game. It's on iPad. It was done by uh, the guys who did Gears of War. It's this blade game, and, and you just you you you're a sword fighting game, and you just sword fight with people, and you die. Infinity Blade, okay. So in Infinity Blade, you fight these people, and you die. You get so far, you die, and then your you know some sort of lineage of you comes back a few years later, and you fight again. These same guys who just seem to be immortal, and eventually you become the immortal champion guy, right? And that's the point of the game. Um, this game is very much kind of like that. You're trying to complete these quests, but your group of adventurers die over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And new adventurers come in and fight again. That's how I understand it. And it's a huge campaign game with a with a you know crazy amount of rules. And you play for 300 hours and you have a great time at the end of it. And they have these really big packs of tons of miniatures and all these extra buys. And that's what really turned me off. The last Kickstarter... To buy in at the stretch goal version of the game was two hundred and fifty dollars. This is not a poor man's game. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really high dollar. I'm sure it's great, but I mean, for everybody who says it's great, there's enough people who kind of devil's advocate it and say that it's not that great in this way and this way. And I'm just kind of like, I, I 
I would have to play it someone other someone else's copy and know that I absolutely adore it in order to even consider it at that price. I don't know. You had me at Infinity Blade because that sounded interesting, and then you lost me when you said campaign, and I'm like, eh, no. Right, right. Kingdom Death Monster. Uh, I I'm sure uh, it's it's very much. Uh, I don't know. It's very much an expensive game. It's it's. I think it was like a, there was like a there was a version of it on there that was like twelve hundred dollars. Whoa. And 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 I think it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's for that traditional RPG kind of person. Yeah. It really is. Okay. Uh, Summoner Wars Master Set. Uh, he says, because I I own every faction pack and add-on, and I would just stick with my existing version, which is a very good game. Oh, I know you really like that one, too. I think it's a fun game. I mean, it's, it's especially because the, the playtime on it, it's a versus game. You play with these armies that are represented as decks. Uh, if you're like Glenn and have everything, you can even mix and match different factions together. Uh, you have you know different troop levels. They're they're very they're built on a formula, and you roll dice and attack each other, and you kind of have this little battlefield you know board that you set up. It's a solid little game. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. You can have a, a nice fun little skirmish against each other, and and I I say you end that game. And th- that's another thing that's cool about this is that when you use cards, um, you can uh, you can use them to cast other cards. So. You're either putting the cards into play and then discarding them, or you're using cards to cast cards out of your hand and play. Mm-hmm. So you're using them either as the face up or face down version, you know, either as money or as a troop, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, yeah, I like my version of that game. I like it pretty well. I've got the master set and I've got a, a few other faction packs to go with it. Not quite as many as uh, as Glenn probably, because I never got the second master set, which was the one that mixed. The cards, but it's just that we don't play it enough for me to buy that. So still fun. I, I totally like Summoner's Wars. It's a good game. Uh, Brendan then chimed in and said, I, uh, he had these two. He said, I had, I really like the crazy bonkers board on study and Emerald first edition and he won't give it up. Now I looked at this. Do uh, we have the first edition or do we, we have don't. a different? We have the second edition of this Is it game. a bummer that we have the second edition? I looked Should I be at sad? it. Now, I mean, I'm glad he likes it. It, it's just, it looks like uh, it, there's card, there's a big board and there's spaces for cards and there's like a little chart underneath each space that tells you some bonuses. I've never played the game. We own it. I, I haven't know. played it. We haven't, got, we haven't uh, played it Around yet. his version of the board are some tentacles. And I don't think they're quite as crazy as I thought they were going to be when he said they were crazy. <laughs> it was okay. I mean, it, it, it looked, it, I mean, there's like lots of tentacles all over it, but it still was the basic effect. And the newer version's a little cleaner and less tentacles. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. That's fine. Uh, he also said that he uh, has the Wizards of the Coast edition of Robo Rally with pewter figures and whatnot, and he loves it. Now, Robo Rally is a programmed movement game. Uh, race between these robos or robo robos, robos. these robots. So but you got these, the, you got the, the robos, you got little robot figurines, and they have like a little arrow side, and and they point a certain direction, and you pre-program four movements into you know every turn into this robot. Yeah, I've seen it. Is that the first edition? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's cool looking. Continue. You guys can't see what I'm looking at, but you know, it's right, cool it's looking. Just imagine a board with cards spaced out around it and little tentacles in between each spaces. Um, so anyways, the Wizards of the Coast version of Robo Rally with the pewter figures, I, I, you know, Robo Rally, like I said, you program it, you put these four cards face down, you start turning them up, everybody does their first thing, and they bump into each other, you get pushed out of alignment, you run out of lasers and fire pits and all this other weird stuff, and the game is, I mean, it's a fun game. 
It's not bad. Uh, I think it's Richard neat. Garfield I designed, it. so the that's the creator of Magic the Gathering and King of Tokyo, who designed this game. And uh, it's fun. It's not a bad game. Uh, the I always hear that the big thing not to do is to put all the boards together and make the biggest map you can, because this game will way over stay as welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so Rodney added probably Scythe or uh, Clockwork Wars, because he already owns the pimped-out Kickstarter version of both with all the fancy bits. Yeah, that makes a difference. It is hard to get rid of stuff. Like, I, I for instance, I'm right next to me, I just got my Arcadia Quest Inferno, and I'm so... I, I don't have the shelf space for the 20 boxes or whatever they sent me. Not 20, but it's like five or six boxes. And so I went through all my stuff, and, I, and I've condensed it down to two Plano boxes of Heroes... A couple. This is for Arcadia Quest One, Arcadia Quest Inferno. I got the Poison Dragon expansion and two Plano boxes of Heroes. Mm-hmm. That's condensed down to like half of what I had before, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get rid of them. I'm, I'm good about throwing away boxes though. I like for expansions. I don't care. It stresses me out. I really? can't do it. I do it all the time. I don't care. If someone wants to buy my Arcadia Quest, if I ever decide to sell it, they got to buy it as it is. <laughs> um, Probably never happened anyway. We have Scythe upstairs, and... Uh, we still haven't played it. I haven't played it yet. I, I did hear one negative review recently. It's something about it being like a game that you just play by yourself with other people at the table um, with really pimped out components. I don't know. I don't yeah. care if I... I don't care about that. Clockwork Wars... There's a I know lot of games like we've that, We've talked though. about... Rodney says, mentioned Clockworks War, Clockwork Wars before, and we've mentioned it. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful, right? You're terrible at Thank this, you. sir. Well, Rodney's, Rodney likes those too. And he basically just points out to me that pimped out Kickstarter versions are harder to get rid of. And they are a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt added this. He said he's only nine months into the hobby, so he's not sure if he's qualified to answer this question. You're of not, Kurt. Of course. No, no don't you, discourage him. You're going to let him do it? I'll let him answer. Jeez, okay, Kurt. I'm sorry. I just got overruled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said he just traded away his Warhammer Quest Adventure card game. I haven't traded mine away. Um, although I don't know if I need it. I really don't. It was okay. okay. And there's no, there's no, not really much new. I mean, I'd have to go to the forums to get new stuff, especially now that Games Workshop doesn't work with Fantasy Flight Games anymore. And that was their designed game. Right. Okay. And he also said, and Sentinels of the Multiverse, way overrated game. And he loves superheroes. Yeah. I got to say, if you're not using the app, I can see why you'd say that. If you're using the app, it like changes it entirely. I think it's so I mean, much honestly, better. When with you the think app. about when you think about like, uh, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it stands on its own. I think I hate the scoring in it, it without the app. Right. The amount it's of the amount of like little butt. nuances and little data you have to track is pretty outrageous. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the game itself, I still think is is a is a pretty cool like fun little matrix of of different elements. I don't know. I like it fine. Fine. I'm not getting rid of mine. He says, right now in his small collection, he would not trade away Shadowrun Crossfire. I can understand that. That's a great game. We had a really good time with that, and we have an expansion that we haven't even touched. I know. We're awful. We're horrible people. Uh, And he said, recently he acquired Mage Knight, Nicole's favorite game. Good luck with that one. Oh, that's not your favorite game. No, you know, (laughs) here's the thing. I actually did enjoy it. It was just... Oof. We still need to get the Star Trek version to the table. Yes, you do. I'll but do it. You can do it by yourself. Uh, he says, I know you guys did not like the game. I liked it just fine. I even bought an expansion or a, a sequel to it. 
Uh, but I find it so fulfilling. This is a game that when my wife takes the kids to her sisters, I grab a six pack and spend some quiet time playing for three or so hours. See, and that's exactly what I was going to say. If yeah. he, he probably plays it by himself. I bet so. And that makes sense. Playing it by yourself, I think it'd be a great game. But right. I don't do that. It's ridiculous, but I'll play games by myself I when Nicole's can't. not here. I can't. I'm too busy playing Skyrim. Right. I understand that. But I, I play it by myself and I play games by myself. And I, I even bought a new table upstairs just to have a special by myself area in the house because i leave home so often and it's it's almost never, never. I, I get maybe three <laughs> hours a month in my I house offer <laughs> i will i'll play skyrim you go do what you want to do next up rinswin the Discworld character <laughs> he said uh he said he's less than two years as a gamer so his collection is tiny compared to many i'm sure but working on a decent collection in their game grotto and he had a picture of that online um which showed he had like a couple shelves filled up with some stuff. He's got a pretty good game collection going. Why not? He said, so many games on the shelf that we haven't even gotten to since we yeah. only met uh, meet, or meet, other, meet each other every other Saturday. Since they only meet every other Saturday. Right. So I guess he's got like a group or something like that that, that, are, that are doing this. Mm-hmm. He said, at this point in time, he'd have to say Firefly, uh, Libertalia, King of Tokyo, and any of his Discworld games since he's such a Terry Pratchett fan. All right, rinse wind. <laughs> I didn't guess that. No, I'm just I, kidding. <laughs> you know, I never read any of the books, and I feel right. like I probably should have because, I mean, even back in the day, playing video games, we played uh, Discworld. We played the Discworld video game, and I felt like I missed out on so many jokes that I should have gotten. Well, I was thinking that rinse wind is like a light mist on a breezy day. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> Get rinsed off. The uh, <laughs> Anyways. Firefly, I thought was okay. Fred's really nice. He's just being weird. Shh. Anyhow. <laughs> what? It's a fake name. I don't care. You're uh, weird. You're not. You're weird. Firefly, I never played. You played it. Firefly, uh, it's not bad. It's a pick up and deliver game. Which uh, I think I would enjoy. It was okay. Not bad. Best uh, paper money in a game I've ever seen. Yeah, see, I've never seen it still. Libertalia, I, I really, really like. like. It's good. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. They, I've heard it said that that is a Citadel's killer, and I still think Citadel's is different enough that I could probably have both. Yeah, I agree. King of Tokyo, I love. You will never get rid of your King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo, you got an expansion and stuff too. I love that game. Mm-hmm. I know uh, you do. That's we've probably played that one more played, than like almost any. Almost, uh, we played Ankh Morpork on our podcast like last a year ago last yeah and i really liked it pretty good yeah yeah not bad um i I, would totally play that again it's it's a martin wallace design but again jokes that i'm sure i'm missing what's really funny i'm laughing at parts of it and then parts of it i'm sure i'm just missing i'm I'm betting that this fellow really gets those jokes yeah and and loves it so much on so much deeper level than we do which makes sense well, there you go. Uh, Jeff claimed that his collection is not big enough to get rid of any games at this time, but he'd really like he'd really have a hard time leaving behind Lewis and Clark. Have we played that one? No, that's like a uh, we have it. It's don't a we? Weird, no, we don't have. We that have one. the discoveries, the adventures of Lewis and Clark. I Lewis always get Clark. confused on that. Okay, uh, this one is like a racing game that was like uh, it's just not very fast paced. It's a very is that the one that they keep saying it's the, the slowest racing game ever? Right. No, that's Mississippi Queen, which I'd also like to play. <laughs> what? But anyways, that's the one he said that he liked the most. Um, David then weighed in and said, "Nice question." Uh, with just a few, uh, just a few, one would be Ticket to Ride. 
Uh, family favorite with lots of memories. Ticket to Ride's a good game. It really is. It's a good, great starter game. I still play it on, on my, uh, especially on my phone with other people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. Uh, even played uh, by flashlight when the power went out, he said. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the other would have to be Suburbia. He will play any time and every time. And finally, his wife would never allow her to get rid of Splendor. Uh, Suburbia is a, a really Splendor, I would not game. get rid of at this point. Really? You love it that much? Um, you can't replace ours at this point because the uh, it, we've got those nice clay right. uh, pieces. They're, they're cheaper plastic now. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll never get it rid of it then. That's so right. Put your wallets away. No, just <laughs> uh, lastly, Daniel said this. He said, "Is it uh, bad that he immediately thinks? Does he have to play a uh, pay for a new game?" Let me let me read this because you're like, "Well, do I have to doing... pay for a new game or the new game? <laughs> if I have to pay for the new game, then I figure out what I'm going to do with the game that has been replaced, and he's much less apt to do it." So, if he has to pay for the new game, if it was free, he'd take it. Right. That's what he's saying? Um, yeah, he's saying, he's saying that he... I don't know. He says that... Oh, okay. So he's basically <laughs> saying that if he, has to, if he has to pay to replace a game with something someone claims is better, that he would probably... Uh, Not do it. Be willing to do it if it was free. Well, yeah, anybody would take it. He says, free. can I just trade straight up? Yeah, I would get rid of anything and everything if there was another game that offered me that I considered better. Now, I, I can Well, nobody I can speak, does that, Daniel. I can speak for Daniel. <laughs> Daniel is willing to burn his whole collection for a game that's better in his mind. He's, he's, he doesn't hold... I don't think he holds anything sacred. I don't know, maybe. He says Cosmic Encounter is a good one for him because he has all the latest expansions and the broken token insert that keeps it all nice and organized, although it can't be stored vertically anymore. Or Terra Mystica, he loves the, that game too. And there's uh, even the Gaia Project sequel, Buzz. Hmm, maybe. Well, I, I don't like know what Terramistic. the I don't that know what the good. Gaia Project is. I don't either. But I do know that uh, Cosmic Encounter. It, uh, we still haven't played our copy of it. Right, but we've played twice and just kind of been like, meh. Three times. <laughs> Have we? I think so. I don't know. I'm just. It's still kind of meh. We need to bring it to the table with Matt and Brianna and see what happens. I don't know. Uh, Terramistica, I thought was really good. What a great. You know, like I said, just so much, so much variety in that box it was for good. what the game is. Uh, so that's a good choice, too. Uh, so I think it's time for us to list our top five in our collection that we will never replace or get rid of. Nicole, okay. what is your no. number, number five, 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 five? Well, that was I me doing my own yet. echo. I, that oh. was not an effect. Okay, well, I got to. Okay, my number five is HeroScape. You would never get rid of HeroScape. Mm-mm. You love it. It's Well, it's not even that I love it so much. It's just like it is the coolest toy ever <laughs> slash game. It's nice. I still say the setup's a bit long on it, but once you get it set up, there's nothing else quite like but it. But it's fun. Like, I would, I'd put it together if you wanted me to. I don't know. But yeah, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get rid of HeroScape. And I, I do, like, whenever we have gone to Gen Con and stuff, if you'll, you'll see, like, those you know, booths where they're just take it for cheap, you know, I'll still look. Right. And if there's any cool pieces, parts, pick them up sometimes. Right. Very limited supply at this point. It uh, has been sort of sequeled by the magic uh, little miniatures game. We have like three of those things too. We haven't played yet. No, not yet. But I'm saying uh, HeroScape. Yeah. It's, it's uh, at the price point that they produce that thing at, I don't think it'll ever come back out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I, I know, 
the idea has been put out in other ways. Duels of Duel of Ages is another one that's sort of similar to that idea of heroes from all times coming together and fighting, you know. Mm-hmm. But this one does it so cleanly and simply. I think it's a really good game. Yep, I won't get rid of it. Right, and we've got the two master sets they put out, the Marvel one. And we've got like just some random piece. Well, we got some figurines and stuff, some extra figures. And I thought we had like one, maybe one of the sets. Oh, we had the castle. Yeah. We had the castle. Do we have some sort of snow thing going on with the two? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Anyway. we've got some, but not all of it. Uh, My number five is Memoir 44. I've got so much stuff in there now. I just love it. Yeah. I've got so much game. We could stop playing all their other games and play only that for a year and we probably wouldn't run out. We're not doing that. We're doing that from now on. This no. is the Memoir 44 podcast. <laughs> no. What are you looking at? Why is that chair I, sitting on top of the because table? Because Susan vacuums our floors and I had to get it out of the way of her. Fred bought a robot vacuum. No, who did? I bought a robot yes! vacuum. I did buy it, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you I forgot. Did. Fred named it after his mom. I know, I'm so mean. <laughs> My mom's name is Susan. And then so we, we, he picked up all the chairs and there's literally, there's a chair sitting kind of on a broken table with, it's not a broken table. It's a, it's a, table. It's a table that I'm it's fixing. Disassembled. It's disassembled. No disassemble. Anyhow, it's just sitting on top of it, leaning against the wall and it just caught my eye. Anyhow. Memoir 44. I've got so much material. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly still waiting for them to come out with the Japanese army pack. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've got, they've already got Great Britain. Mm-hmm. They've got the United States. They got Germany and they have Russia. Mm-hmm. They need Italy and then they need Japan. I would say minimum they need Japan. Okay. So that's, that's where I'm at on that. Memoir right. 44, Nicole. What, what's your number four? My number four? You're probably going to test me on. I will. You ready? Thunderstone. You're testing me because I know you've already like kickstarted the new one. Right, so doesn't last, matter. Not getting rid of what we have. I know because we actually have Thunderstone 1.0, all boxed up and all together. We have Thunderspo- Thunderstone Advanced, that's all boxed up and all together. And I've just kickstarted Thunderstone Quest, mm-hmm. and I talked about this a couple times last fall because they mentioned they were going to do it. It was supposed to happen last last October. It didn't, and I mentioned it that when they weren't happening, and then I am mentioning it now. Last episode, I mentioned that, that uh, a good place to jump off and do Kickstarter would be the uh, Rising Sun Kickstarter. This is pretty good. It's going well. About a quarter of a million dollars, a little over a quarter of a million dollars, probably getting what? close to three hundred uh, or three hundred thousand dollars. Sorry, and uh, pretty good, pretty good so far. Some new aspects to it, like a dungeon board and. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got miniatures in this. They have some, for some reason, there's dice in this. I don't know what they're for, but there's some we'll dice. We'll find out. That's for sure. Right. So Thunderstone, I, 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 it's a good game. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It does. It is pretty long. It takes you and I about, and we're experienced, about 90 minutes to play one of those games together. Yeah. And that's experienced play. If we added it more people, it would just take more time. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it takes any time at all. It wouldn't take too much more because you you still have limited enemies, but you still would have to have everyone build up to where they can start facing those enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a deck building game. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, my next one is A Touch of Evil. I know you're like your favorite game is number four. I can't really say. I mean, honestly, because this one, I, I gotta say, if I was gonna be really honest, no lie to me. If I was gonna be really honest about this, and I, I debated this for a while. 
I would probably change that to a different game because if they said brand new version of A Touch of Evil, everything's better. Same artwork, same components, everything else is better. We've got Mm -hmm. a new rule set. I might replace it. But you know what I wouldn't replace is probably my original copy of Heroes Quest. I probably need it. I'm just, I'm doing it right now. I'm doing a write-in. Heroes (laughs) Quest. Heroes Quest was a Milton Fred has Bradley. an honorable mention. It was no, it's it's I'm I'm Touch crossing out Touch of Evil. I would replace it. Honorable mention. I would replace Touch of Evil. Heroes Quest uh, is a really fun uh, dungeon in a box, Dungeons and Dragons in a box game that was a Milton Bradley and Games Workshop team up in the late '80s, early '90s, and it's just uh, it's kind of a one of a kind. Okay. Had like really cool three dimensional furniture. Uh, you, one of you did have to play the game master, which is kind of a drag. But uh, you had like a map, you know, that you use the same board and it kind of built out certain ways. I don't know. It's just neat. Mm-hmm. And it came with a quest. And of course, there were some bonus quests that were all way overpriced at the time. So I didn't buy them because I didn't realize that, you know, 15, 20 years later, they would be worth $500 for one little stupid bonus quest or, mm-hmm. quest or whatever it is. Anyways, Hero Quest is my number four. Go. Okay. My number three is Cards Against Humanity. You would never get rid of that. No. People like it too much. It's It is always the game that everybody's heard of that's not Monopoly, that's not... uh life, whatever, right? you know, that makes people, it, it intrigues them. They've always heard about it. They've always wanted to play it. Right. They haven't bought it and they always want to come play it. So we'll have people come over. We hardly ever actually play it. I know people hardly will come ever. over. We, we can use that to lure people in. And then not play it. Right. And then just Which be like, hysterical. we don't want to play this game. Yeah. And then they'll come over again because, hey, we never did even have time to play Cards Against Humanity. But man, I had so much fun playing all that other stuff. Well, hey, we'll just schedule another time. Come on over. We'll, well right play now, it. Like, right now. And I they'll come over again. I would use instead. What? I would use Joking Hazard. But nobody knows what or... that is. People know what Cards Against Humanity is. Right. They've heard about it. Right. They've. They've seen it, and also I would never get. I would never let you get oh, rid yeah. of the original version that we had, even though we bought the 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 actual right, version. The one that you cut out and printed at King. Yeah, Coast. I did the print <laughs> play for Fred's birthday because he'd said that he wanted right. it, so I did that. That's a good choice. Thank you. My next one is Warhammer Quest, the original release of that. Yeah, this is the game. That I, I mean, I have this upstairs, and this is the game that I use to get out of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> now, Magic the Gathering had come out, and it had uh, it had come out failed, mm-hmm. and I bought a bunch of those cards, which I don't even get into with the fact that I sold those cards, too, at the same time. I didn't buy a whole ton of them, but I bought a deck of them. Mm-hmm. And then I found I couldn't find any expansions for it until it got re-released again. When it got re-released, it came out, and it had a kind of a... a, a a much better run at this point. And by the time it came out with its first expansion, it was full swing. Like people were starting to really get into this game and I was already just going, I don't like collectible Mm -hmm. and I got out of it. So I sold my entire magic, the gathering first expansions and the original, you know, sets that came out, you know, before it failed, when it failed. And then the ones that got re-released, I sold all that stuff Mm -hmm. and got Warhammer quest. Hmm. And I, I, the good news is, is, is uh, my wargaming group, we actually played it quite a bit. When I used to play Warhammer uh, Fantasy and 40K, mm-hmm. that group, we actually played Warhammer Quest several times, and I got my money's worth out of the game for it. So Warhammer Quest, you. the original game, <laughs> really like it. What's your next one? 
Uh, my next one is Atmosphere. You love Atmosphere. It's a classic for us. We play it at the holiday, like, at Halloween, and it's just so cheesy and schlocky. Right. And we've, it's a DVD, though, right? It is. Like, we don't have to have, yeah. And the, I mean, some I mean, DVDs probably not going to wear out anytime soon. We right. still have a DVD player or Blu-ray that'll play DVDs, whatever. Um, but it's just, it's a crappy game that, it, <laughs> you know, but that you can't replace it. That guy that does the video. Like, he's like a crypt keeper, but I don't know yeah, what his actual it's name like a is. Crypt, well, I don't remember exactly, but he's like a crypt keeper kind of guy. And he, you know. He berates you. Yeah. Like you'll, it just keeps playing in the background now, as you're playing the game, and then he'll just bunch, pop up every once in a while. Right now, there's this is a DVD game, the version of a bunch of VHS games that are out, mm-hmm. and we have Star Trek, and you know we there's have one that there's a Nightmare that's a VHS. There's like three or four Nightmares that are VHS. Uh-huh. Now, those of course at a VHS, it's a linear thing. You just play this one thing all in a row, and it happens the same every single time. And good luck. Mm-hmm. The DVD one, I think, is it I, haven't, I haven't really investigated it too much, but there's a little bit of random elements to it where you don't know what's going to happen exactly right. every single time, but some something's going to happen, you know, at this time and that time and another time, and mm-hmm. they're just going to be randomly chosen from. I don't know how it works. I don't I even don't know, know if it really works it or not. Probably, but it's probably just playing it all the way through, but we don't play it often enough to have it memorized or anything. Right, but the guy just cracks me up. Right. So you I have won't... to call him like Yes, gatekeeper. You have to call yeah, gatekeeper. That's you what just he remembered. Is. And he would call you worms or maggots or something yeah. like that. It's so fun. <laughs> I mean that's that's a great time. Um my number two is myth. This is an example of what Rodney said. Yeah, you got I'm too way invested too much. in this yeah. to get rid of it. I like it too much. I like the idea of it. I love the card driven combat. Card and dice combined to make combat happen and tactics happen, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I love the fact that there's hordes and hordes of figurines on the table, and you're rolling a giant wad of dice, and I love that. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a that's a miniature game that I want. Mm-hmm. Is that in this game? I've got <laughs> tons of it, and and I've got even more on the way right now. <sighs> so there eventually you go. it'll get here. What's your number one? My number one is Lords of Waterdeep. You love Lords of Waterdeep, and it's I customized. Do. It's customized, and that's exactly why I would never get rid of it. Is it's it? already pimped out. So it is. Yeah. I got, got you the little laser cut figurines. We've mentioned it before. Yeah, we have. It's but fun. yeah, and so instead of little cubes, I've got little dudes. This little, is still. I mean, honestly, but it's a great game, regardless. Right. It's still one of my favorite, if not my favorite, worker placement games. I really yeah. like it, mm-hmm. and we've played it a lot. We haven't played it on the podcast though. No. We played it a whole bunch. Then we got then around the time we got to the podcast, we started playing other games. Huh. But I, it's still, I, I don't know. I still, I can I know exactly how to play it. I mm-hmm. could get it out of the box and immediately just start up. I'd have to do a, sm- a small refresh because we have the expansion, the right. uh, Scoundrels and of whatever. Skullport. Of Skullport, yeah. And uh, so I'd have to do a quick refresh on that part. Right. But otherwise, yeah, I got it. Super the cool The base game, game pff, got it. Super cool. Know how to play. Yeah, it's it's a great introduction to the idea of a worker placement. And it's not like a super overwhelming uh, game. Like, Mm-mm. it's 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 pretty entry level, really. Right. You can get a newer gamer playing it pretty easily. Right. I, so, I love that game. It's yeah, good. me too. Uh, my, my number one that I won't get rid of right now is Mansions of Madness. Yeah, you just love that game. You're like obsessed with well, it. Well, I mean, truly, if you flushed every every Cthulhu game that I have out, I still love H.P. Lovecraft. I still mm-hmm. love his writing, and this is to me is still the best game is, is the best game in that kind of mythos. Mm-hmm. 
And, and like I said, now just just think about that. That means that I like this game more than Arkham Horror. Mm-hmm. I just it's do better because if right now I don't, I still don't like it quite personally. I don't like as much as Eldritch Horror though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Eldritch Horror is what I mean. Oh well, you didn't okay. say that. Well, that's what I mean. Say what you mean. What do you mean? They're they're too similar. They're not. <laughs> the names are. But Eldritch Arkham Horror, Horror kind of sucks. Like Eldritch, Horror, Eldritch Horror is awesome. I like this more than Eldritch Horror. <laughs> um, but see, when you when you start talking about Eldritch Horror to me. I kind of start tipping back and forth. It's like a teeter-totter kind of effect between it and fortune and glory. They Which both is another feel one we ex- haven't played on the podcast. Both, we need to they, do that. They both feel very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Eldritch Horror and and uh, Fortune and Glory. Mm-hmm. And I almost say that, uh, that Fortune and Glory is a better box of stuff. I would definitely say it is. You get more for your money in Fortune and Glory than you do with Eldritch Horror. Straight out of the box. Just hmm. base game. Hmm. Anyway, that's me. Mansions of Madness 1.0 and 2.0, because I have both smashed together. <laughs> I love that game. It's so good. I like it even more than Myth now. Wow. I know. Slap me in the face. But that's our permanent <laughs> games. And this week we play a game that didn't make that list, but uh, it plays all year long. So let's listen to that. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. Seasons, Nicole. Seasons is a game about a wizard competition taking place during the 12 seasons played over three years. Players combine... <laughs> sounded weird. <laughs> players combine card drafting, resource management, and dice rolling to gain points and become the new Archmage. Three years of seasons are tracked by a round board consisting of 12 spaces. These uh, three of the spaces in each of four seasons... Now, before we start trekking through the year, players need to plan the cards they will use in the game, not just the beginning of the game, the entire game. Now, this is done by drafting. Players receive nine cards, pick one, and pass them to the left. And they are passed around back and forth, you know, hand to hand, until only a single card is passed back to you. The players then pick three of the nine that they've collected as their starting hand. Three of them they mark with a two token. That means they'll become available after the second year. And three of them will become available with a third token on top of them after the third year starts. Now, the first player is chosen, and that player takes the dice for the current season, one plus the number of players, and rolls them. The first player then, in clockwise orders, picks a single die and plays out their entire turn. The dice generate several different effects that the players can use, like adding cards to your hand or increasing the amount of cards you can have in play, generating one of four different resources or allowing you to sell your collected resources at a seasonal seasonal exchange rate marked on the board each season. Ooh, that was a run-on. <laughs> uh, the cards you play, uh, the, the cards you play, are w- is where you're going to win this game. Uh, picking a die that maximizes what you can accomplish on your turn leads to spending those precious resources to get some spells or artifacts and familiars into play. These cards give you points and discounts that they can steal from other players or force them to discard. You name it. 
Uh, after each player has taken a turn, the players consult the face of the remaining die to find out how, find out how many spaces marked by dots on the face of each each face of the die that the season marker will move that turn from one to three, and the player on the left becomes the new first player for the turn. Once the marker finishes its third time all the way around the board, bonuses are given uh, by in-play cards that are awarded to the players, and the player with the highest score wins. So let's get to this review and discover which one of us should now be addressed as Archmage. Nicole? Hmm. Up front, I'm just going to have to say that we recorded a session of this game a year ago, and Matt and I messed it up. Because you didn't pay any attention whatsoever, and neither of you knew how to play at all. <laughs> what happened? I had to teach the rules. Yeah? You were off doing I don't even know what. I was making dinner for the three of us. Likely story. No, it happened. Matt was it. playing on his phone. That's what he does. And neither of you paid any attention to how to actually I play the game. I wasn't even in the room. <laughs> but you'd played the game before, I so I gave you the, like, the glossed over version. Right, right. So we messed this up and, and, and we burned and you, neither that, that of you, recording. Yeah, neither of you seemed like you even wanted to play. It was pretty late at that point. It was ridiculous. It was like we I were was, starting at like 8.45 at night. Poor baby, 8.45. For me, that's, that's really late. Turn into a pumpkin at 9. I swear, that was really late. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so, Nicole, so yeah. this is our redo of this game. And uh, so up front, I'm just going to tell you, we draft cards to start the game. Right. And uh, the thing to know about the draft is this. Whenever you take these nine cards, there's there's going to be three years that this happens. When you, when you first start, you have no resources at all. So you need stuff that sort of is going to give you the most benefit over the course of the entire game. So this is when you want to play like ongoing effects. Mm-hmm. This is when you kind of want to do that. The second year, you're going to kind of focus on higher cost cards that have good resource returns. Because you have some of these really high dollar cards that you have to afford in round three, which give you tons of bonuses at the end of the game. So you kind of have to organize it like that. And and sometimes it works out really well and sometimes it doesn't because you do have a random uh, amount of cards, a random like lot of cards that you get. And then you further randomize it by each person picking out the best cards that they can get. So let's just jump into the first clip or clip after the draft and save everybody the 10 minutes of us thinking about it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're recording Nicole. Seasons. I just yawned. We're playing the most boring (laughs) version of the game, you can tell. (laughs) How's that? Nicole is yawning already. It's late afternoon. I've got the after lunch yawns. Here's the good news. We are playing the most advanced version, which means we're using all 50 cards, and we've already done the draft to save everyone the boredom of us quietly reading cards back and forth for 20 minutes. Right. Here we go. I'm the youngest player. It says the youngest player gets to start. So yep. I, I just got to review my cards. I know what I got. It's good. I pick up these three blue dice because we are in the winter time. And here we go. Okay, I rolled that right on top of my card. Be here's careful the because that's like the bummer part. Your little tokens will fly off. Okay, so the you dice have come up. It. I can draw a card. I can transmute, which I have no tokens, and get a star and a feather power. Or I can get two water. I'm going to get this transmute star feather power. That's what I'm going to use. Your choice, Nicole. Well. So you either get two water energies and two points. Mm Mm-hmm. A card. Mm Mm-hmm. Or that's it. Think. God, this is silly. I think I'm going to take the card. Okay. 
So that would mean this one stays here, uh -huh. and I so start the turn. First. So you get... <clears throat> I get a feather power. Feather power! And I go up to where I can now have one card in play. I get a little star symbol. Um, I'm going to, and I think I can do this already, because the cost of this is zero crystals. Okay. For the Die of Malice. And I can activate this to, instead of performing the actions on the season die I pick, I can re-roll it and perform the new action of the die and gain two crystals. So I'll get two points if, I'll, if I'm when willing to take a that? random result. Oh. And I'm not going to do that this turn. Obviously. Um, I think that's all I can really do this turn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can't do much at the very beginning. So there you go. That's right. my first turn. All I get to do is take a card. So... Take a card. Take a card. <laughs> well, okay, that's that it. like a French card. <laughs> All right. Uh, the so French card. We, uh, the die we left has two dots on it, so we go forward two dots, still leaving us in wintertime. And now I get to roll. Are you sure? I'm still the first player the whole season, aren't I? First player rolls the dice. Oh. Is that right? Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you go, you roll again the entire first year. Yes. And then I roll again the entire second year. Yes. And then you roll again the entire third year. Yes. Which is a bunch of hucklebuck crap. Oh, crappy, she this. means. It's almost crappy season. <laughs> Should I start rolling these dice? I don't know. You're Hold not going to find Wait, that rule. Wait, no, but what if you're Oh, wrong? these dice are heavy. These dice, mm -hmm. just to let you know, while she sits here and plays with this rule book again, because she can't do one turn without a rule book in her hand. <laughs> These dice, I mean, that's a good solid ounce and a half, two ounce die each. You're going to roll three of these things. These are, I mean, that that's almost a quarter pounder right there. Three dice in my hand. Uh-huh. What? I'm reading. Oh, great. <clears throat> Uh, we are in wintertime. Transmuting, um, I probably explained it in the rules, but in this phase, Earth is the uh, the big token to get. And these dice have no Earth symbols on them at all. So there's no way you're going to get Earth unless you drag it in from a different uh, season. There is an Earth symbol in fall, which is the season that precedes winter, of course. As we all know. <clears throat> She's still looking at that rule book. The player to the left of the first player becomes a new first player. That player rolls the dice corresponding to the season indicated. Yeah, you're first player, so... The whole year can, I get to roll these dice. My least favorite thing, which means you get to choose okay. first. Right. The just because you were born year. three months late. Okay, so the rule that Nicole just sort of breezed over, we read wrong. Uh, so, Nicole... You've got the rule book. Why did we mess this rule up? Okay, because what because we because the book is it's not a bad book, but it does one really bad error. Right now, specifically, we thought that the first player was supposed to be for each year. Right. So for the whole first year, it's the same person being the first player, right. which is how we played. And then it changes in the second year and then changes in the third year. Right. So in our minds, we've played this game before twice, twice already. Twice before. And we and followed that, that rule. That the only the game would only balance if you had a three-player game. Right. It didn't make any sense otherwise. It's like... So read the rule. Read the rule from the rule book so we understand, so the listeners understand exactly why we made this mistake. Well, it's kind of long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But if right. you just look at the bullet points, you've got 
you've got part three, end of round. When all the players have finished their turns, it's the end of round. Then you go over moving forward on the season wheel and changing the season. It tells you at the end of the round that you, you look at the pips on the die that weren't that wasn't selected and you move the season wheel forward okay so then it goes on to talk about change of year when the season token moves from space 12 to space one on the season wheel a change of year occurs and it continues to talk about that then it goes on to choosing a new first player the player to the left of the first player becomes the new first player that player rolls the dice corresponding to the season indicated by the season token on the season wheel a new round begins. Right. Okay, so I'm reading this. We Yes, it was end of round, but it talks about moving the wheel or moving yes. the season wheel, changing the year, and then it talks about picking the new first player. Right. So if you were to read that in order, you would expect to only apply those rules if these conditions met. Right. But what happens is, is that the bullet but points are what? They should have put choosing a first new player... Back, like, I guess you could move forward on the season wheel. Well, I don't know. No, at the end of the round, they should have put choosing the first new first player as the first right. bullet point. Then talk about the other stuff. So specifically, the reason this seems like something, you, you expect information to flow in the order of necessity. Right. So the end of the year, change of year only happens when you hit the end of the 12th space. So why wouldn't that be the final point in the end of the round part of the rule book right and that's what confused us the change of player happens after the change of the year in the rule book right now i actually went on to and on board top Game of that well, wait let me point out people let me point out one more thing too yeah in on top of that on the left page it says end of round and has that first bullet point about moving forward right on the right page it continues about the moving forward then has an example then has the change of year bullet point then has the choosing of the first new player the new first player bullet point. So right. if you just glance at it, you see, okay, choosing a first new play, new first player is right after change of year. It flows. You don't even see the part that says end of the round. Right. Now I actually went on to board game geek and I found people that actually thought the same thing. And one because guy, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out which podcast did it or like which, uh, not podcast, but which video series did it. But he actually mentioned that one of the instructional videos online even got the, the rule wrong. Right. Because of how it is. So that's why we messed that up. But we play the entire game under these poorly read rules. Right. Or written rules. <laughs> the, the rules overall are actually really well done. Right. I think the book is is really well done. However, that part was not, and it made a huge difference. Right. Um, I think it creates an imbalance in the game right. to have the one person be the first player the whole time. So uh, something else I should, men I should mention is uh, we talk about resources that we get in each season, and they each change uh, in price to transmute. You can it's, it's one of the actions you can take every turn. If you get like a die with a little circle around all the symbols in the middle, you can transmute stuff, which basically means discarding resources you have to get... Uh, what is it you get back? It's just like you... You, uh, you get uh, victory points. Right. You get victory points back. Don't for you? Them. Yeah. You change them out for victory points. And so if you, in, in the winter, you get a certain resource. And then if you transmute it in the summer, 
it's worth more money, you know, than if right. you did it in winter or if you did it in, in spring or fall mm-hmm. or whatever. The farther away from you get when that get from the dice that generate that resource. And not all dice generate all the resources. In fact, they only generate like one or two, usually, mm-hmm. different resources. Uh, so that's something to mention. The trade rate does is variable from season to season. And another thing to kind of mention is at the end of the round, you have these dots on the dice. And it means the last player gets to kind of control the speed of the game, mm-hmm. though. So if Nicole, for instance, on the first whole year perceives that she's behind in points, she can slow down the game so that she has more opportunity to catch up with me, where I'm trying to try to force her into situations where we speed the game up if I'm ahead in points, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the next clip here, and we'll check in with our game about halfway through. That ruins my plan. I had a plan. Right. And it's ruined. Ruined! <laughs> oh my goodness. Seriously, you have no idea how bad this sucks right now. Let me read you some from this. Here's the quote on the back of the ooh, box. Ooh, it's from ooh, Jason ooh, Voorhees. I got it. No, I got it. Okay. No, seriously. Okay. I need my... I need my... I go up a star, so I'm at eight now. I need my, my uh, leaf token, but you can keep it because I'm going to transmute it into one. So I have three points, okay? So I'm going to tap my tree of light... So I discard three crystals to gain one energy token, which now you can go ahead and give me that uh, that wonderful little uh, leaf token. Leaf Wait, token, you, get, you get another leaf token? Yeah. Okay. Because I discarded three crystals to gain one energy. Okay. And then I can actually play, but I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not going to play anything right now. What am I at? Eight that I can have. I have two, four, five, six, seven. Um, no, I am going to go ahead and put one in. I'm going to put a card in as well. Well, no, I can't because I can't. I can't give you any points. Well, no, it just says. Um... What does it say? In order to summon a power card, you're, you must give me a crystal first. So, yeah, you can't play. I can't. Okay. That's fine. That is fine. Because you're like, I need to be at zero points so I can stop you. That's here. right. I can't do anything about it right now, I don't think. No. Is it my turn? It's your turn. So, do I roll the die again, hoping to get a. I can't really do anything. I'm going to lose my card. You're going to lose your turn. card. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Oh. <gasps> It's been so agonizing for you, hasn't it? Yes, and trying to math that out to get rid of okay, a card. Okay, so is I'm just, just going to go ahead and, uh, just to get rid of it, I'm going to go ahead and do up my extra card and my two fire tokens, and that is it. So he he's going to go away, but I can still gain, before, before oh, it's at the end of the round, so I can still tap this and get three points for that. That's fine. So I go up to 40. That's for having all your familiars? Yep, and he's one of my familiars. Right. Though. Um... I'm not going to be able to do my four identical crystals this turn. Yeah, that's a one-timer thing. This is an activate. That's an activate, but that won't help me. So he gets blown up at the end of the turn. Yep. If you don't have any, you have to sacrifice him. So I sacrificed him. You <laughs> sacrificed him. I'm so happy. Kill that dude. Get him Shh, dead and out of my here. My goodness, your aggression. Your aggression. <laughs> 
Okay, so what you heard Nicole doing there at the top, why she got so excited was because this is we're halfway through the game. I'm not even kidding. We played for about an hour and 15 minutes, and this is 37 minutes in. And I had a gain. I, I had a car that gained to be one of Nicole's points every round at the end of my round. And it's just it, it's just devastating to her because at this point, at the halfway point, she's at zero points and I'm mm-hmm. almost at 50. And it's like every turn she has to at the end of the turn, she has to give up one of her points. She loses a point and I gain a point, which is like basically me gaining two points, basically. Right. For all, for, you know, for all, you know, scoring that's, that's, that's happening here. Uh, each turn, though, you can also hear is a bit of a puzzle here because you can hear that it takes her a little bit of time to kind of discover what she needs to do. And then she's still trying to work out like different things that are that she could do with these resources because you're, you're kind of like you're trying to go, OK, well, then I do this card and I do it in this order and that lets me do this now. And then I can buy this card, which if I get this card into play, then I can get this kind of resources back, which then will allow me to do this other card that I have. And you're constantly kind of working out this puzzle in your mind. Um, also, in this clip, you heard that there's there's three bonus actions in this game. I just want to say that um, they're worth five points each, and they let you kind of break the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they all are on the top of my head right now. Can they're you? not. No, they're. Uh, well, hey, I've got the book right in front of me. Right. What what's are the, they? What's the bonus spaces on here? Um, they are to get a resource of your choice. Right. Um, to get an extra point when you transmute. Right. To what is that? I don't know. I. I'm on the wrong page. Something else to note means. during this game, too, is that at any time you can look at the cards that you've drafted that are coming up in the next year as well so that you can sort of like decide, OK, I need to be focusing on this. So you don't you don't forget them, even though you do play them face down. Oh, you can increase your summoning gauge by one um, or by using the last bonus. Um, if it lands on the side of the die where you get a card draw a card action, then you actually get to draw two cards um, and pick which one you want to keep. Well, there you go. So and those those are those cost you five points a piece to use. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing when you're getting ready to do that, you really need to make sure that whatever you're gaining out of it is going it's to be really worth it. More than five points, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and jump in. We'll just play the final clip real quick and get through this. And let's just see how this turns out. Still could potentially have two more rounds of this. Okay. But we're not going to. So I choose this one, which is a feather, feather star, and you get to choose between a card or a six point deal. Okay? This will be our last turn. Yeah. Uh, I re roll my die because I don't care, uh, <laughs> and I get two points for that. One, two, so I'm up to 98. I can't get a star, but I do get a a uh, deal here. Now, here's the weird, weird thing I'm going to do. Oh. I actually take the minus five points. Wow. I change these two leaves into two waters. Okay. Okay. Then I tap oh. my four identical, and I go up 12 points. So I go to 110. Okay. That's awful. Then I get my five points for my familiars, which makes me at 115. And I think that is all I can do for the end of my game. Okay. Yeah, because I re-rolled and everything. Okay. All right. I use my die, get two points. 
That was a bonus action I took, by the way, everybody. That you could, you lose five points and you get to change two yeah, of your tokens of into two other ones. Right, and so I get <clears throat> not what I wanted. Two leaves and a star. Yeah. Okay. Which doesn't really help me much, but I will go ahead and put this card into play, and I will spend um, just a water and a leaf. Um, to gain two energy tokens and five crystals. So I'll just take these two back, and I need one more token. Doesn't matter what color. Well, you five. maxed out, you jerk. 40. Oh, and you put a card in, so you lose a point, and I gain a point. Right. Okay. So that's the end of the game. Right. Right. So we've got our totals already. We just have to add up what we've got on our sh on our little token sheet. I need okay? I need my phone. <laughs> like there is that. There's that. That's 20, 40, what 40, 60, 60, 77 more points. So I am at, that'd be 83, 93. So 193 is my final score. Minus 5. 188. <laughs> now while she's adding up her points... I'll point out that the Jason Voorhees quote on the back of the Grave Robbers box says, I can't stop playing this game. I keep coming back again and again and again. Which is a Jason keeps coming back again and again, you know, because he doesn't die. Better than I thought. 161? I came back to 161. Good job. To your what? What'd you have? 188. 161. Well, there you go. See? All right. I lost. You were, you were acting like you were getting demolished. You I did get demolished. No, you didn't. It was 20 points away. That's one demon card. I know. I know. <laughs> well, there yeah. you go, Nicole. The you advanced won. game. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> can you believe I that? I can't even believe it. All right. Stopping this recording. Okay. Okay, so yes, yes, I won the game. Uh, but yes, let's, let's yes, be honest. Uh, let's be honest. I had 25% more first turns than I was supposed to. That's right. Right. But either way, <laughs> I won. So what do you want to call me? Butthole? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Call me Archmage, Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> So, Nicole, what do you like about this game? Um, I think it's pretty. Yeah. I love the dice. Right. Um, I also, okay, here's something we didn't mention. Um, what? The game, okay, so for each season, there's, there's what, five dice? But you don't use all five of them necessarily. Like, on, on the, like for us, we only used three dice because there's two of us plus one extra. You always use, use uh, the number plus one extra. Okay. So number of players, but they're all, yeah, but the, but each die is different. So if you're like talking about the summer dice, 
they're, they're all red. That's like the only thing. But um, each side is different. Are you saying that each of the five dice has different sides? Like, yes. So they're not. They're all they're not, individual. They're not all similar. Right. Weird. So, yeah, no two dice are the same. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. even cooler. Yeah. So if I pick these three dice this time and those three dice on a different game, right. the odds of me getting the same kind of combinations, you're not going to have the same. So that's you might cool. have a better chance of getting yeah. um, the fire tokens with this particular game because that's the particular dice that you grabbed. Right. It's really cool. That's super cool. Yeah. What else you got? Um, what else you like? I like there. You're never going to have the same game twice in this because the number of cards that are required mm-hmm. versus the number that are included in the box, it's just almost overwhelming right. the, how well, many cards are included. I think there's 50 cards included. I think there's more than that. There's 50, but you're only going to play with 18. I thought there was more than that. I don't know. I thought there was 50. I don't know. I'm looking. Um, so while she's looking, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I like about this game. Um, one thing I want to say is that the... You're right. There's only 50. It seems like so many more. <laughs> I love it. It really right. does seem like more than that. <laughs> there's like a good variety in there. There's 50. And uh, if you were to play a... It plays up to four players. And if you were to play a four-player game, you are, you know, looking at what? Is it 36 cards? Sure. So 36 cards. Right. So you'll play most cards if you play a four-player game. In fact, I don't even know if you can play a four-player game with less cards. Two Weird. to four. Weird. Anyway, um, I think the artwork is amazing. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's I, I mean, this is, this is one of these examples of, of artwork that I think really stands on its own and looks great. It's, it's similar now to the Big Book of Madness, has similar artwork. I don't even know if the same artist did it. But this one has like a lot more variety in it, and uh, it's this kind of uh, sort of a grotesque or sort of exaggerated artwork. So I, I mean, there's I always remember this rabbit card that's in there that looks so cool. <laughs> but I mean, it's all kind of exaggerated, but it's really brilliantly colored, and, mm-hmm. and just it's so much fun to look at. I, I love looking at the art in this game. Um, the player boards are really interesting too. Mm-hmm. The, your player board is just this little pseudo oval kind of misshapen oval with like some notches cut out and you put your die that you're using in this little hole and you got your tokens yeah, that you the line top, up at the top like it's, the, it's it's the resource a, tokens so that you get like there are literal like you said there's like seven notches at the right. top and when you get a resource token you put it in one of those notches once right. you hit seven notches you can't have right, any you have to more start discarding stuff right I love that. Then I it's think got it's, so cool. it's got a tracker on top of that, and like the way that you are able to play cards into play, you have to have enough. Uh, you have to have advanced far enough on the tracker. Like if you've advanced to two, then you can only have two of your cards in play. Right. You have to get another advancement on there before you can play a third card. But I mean, I'm just saying, from across the room, if you were at a game store and you mm-hmm. saw someone playing this and no, knew nothing about it, you would say. Wow, what is that? Yeah, absolutely. Whereas if you looked at, like, let's say Slaughterville with its rectangular cards, you would just be like, whatever. What are they playing? Something, whatever, you know? <laughs> this one's a very, very fun to look at. It's, it's very it's, brilliant. It's neat in shape. It's neat mm-hmm. in colors. It's it's super fun. It's a small footprint, too. Um, I think also, yeah, the, the footprint is small. Mm-hmm. I think the card play is pretty interesting that comes mm-hmm. with it. There's a lot of variety, and you get to. I mean, a lot of the thinking of the game is kind of up front, but remember, you get a, you get more cards, like significantly more, more cards. You'll have you'll have you know 
at least five or six more cards by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you may in, only in start with with nine in your hand that you're right. you know the three per year, but you mm-hmm. yeah you can gain more cards throughout. Right, and there's a lot of things to think about. There's a lot of stuff to consider about when to play it and and what's going to give you bonuses and how to manage those bonuses. Like I was doing stuff that was purposely giving you points mm-hmm. just to keep that card that gave me points in in play. Right, which was upsetting you, but it was it was cracking. But it me made up. sense. Yeah, it totally right. worked. And it's like it's like the the kindest take that. Right. Like, yes, you are playing against each other. And yes, you are doing things that will screw each other over. But like you said, there's things that you will do that actually benefit me. Right. So I I just think that's really, it's a great game. Right. So also the the dice are so nice and chunky. I mean, it's a pleasure to pick these dice up. They're like the King of Tokyo's dice in quality, except with rounded edges and they are just delightful to have in your hand. Mm-hmm. I love them. The weight, the smoothness of them. It's, the more you, more people that I, I think it might be a little difficult to roll that many dice because they are so large. But oh, it's so much fun. But still, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Right. Um, I will say this too. I never felt like luck was holding me back, even though there was dice involved. Mm-hmm. I never felt like even even when you're first player, I never felt like I was without options of things to do right. on my turn. So I felt like I was always being able to progress. I never felt a staleness in my turn where I was like, well, I don't do anything. Well, that was a crappy role. Right. I still was able to do still, something. It's, it's not necessarily the role you want, but you can always do something. Right. Which is awesome. So what do you dislike about this game? Don't look at mine. I have to because I don't know what I dislike about. Well, that freaking rule is written wrong. Right. Written more difficult than it should be, and that's really <laughs> disappointing. Um, <laughs> if that's all you got, that's nothing. That's all I got, almost. But I got one more thing. I say that the the playtime is really nice with two, where it pops in at about just over an hour, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. I think that if you had more players, it it could potentially become too long. I think... What I don't like is you you almost can't enjoy the game until the second play. There is a little bit to it. I mean the learning curve of it is a little high, I think. And right. and because like because you are having to have the strategy of your cards, if you don't understand what the point of the game is and you're having to draft your cards at the beginning and pick right. what am I supposed to do with these cards? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't understand what the point of the game is yet. Right. It puts you at a distinct disadvantage. You're mm-hmm. you, when you're playing this with a new player, they are going to probably lose because they don't understand what's going on when you're planning your strategies to begin with. Right there is, and that's a, a bummer. There is a lot of game planning that happens in that 10, 15 minutes that we didn't subject you to. Right, and it's all internal, and it's you looking at a card. It's the same kind of planning that goes into building a deck to play Magic: The Gathering or something like that. Yeah, and if it's your very first time playing it, you don't know what all these things do. You right. don't know how they interact or with how one to another. Organize them or when to what to prioritize right or like so that. it's it's a game you, you i don't think you can play it once and truly love right. um but i think you can get really intrigued by it and be like okay i totally want to play that again and the second time once you've got it you can plan a lot better right so that's that puts it at a disadvantage do you have any other dislikes oh, i can't think of anything else okay what do you think the difficulty of this game is I I think it's pretty I think it's pretty high difficulty just because there's so much on those cards to know. I'd say it's probably at least a four. Really? Yeah. I'd say it's a three, but it's like right. Some of those cards three. are a little confusing. I mean, there's even clarification. Every single one of those cards, those fifty cards, has a clarification in the book. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's that bad. I think they're pretty clear what they say. And I think that the dice, uh, the dice are the, probably the hardest part to understand. And once you get about five part. symbols down, you're done. I, I don't think it's that bad. I yeah. really don't. Um, I think it's a three. She thinks it's a four. Uh, what would you give this out of five? I love it. I think it's a five. Whoa. I love this game. I really I think, do. Um, personally, I think it's, I mean, it's better than average. I'd say I'm it's a, a four. I'm a sucker for drafting already. So you've got that. I love, I like dice and it's right. got really nice dice. It's gorgeous. I'd say it's a four. Okay. I like it. And I, I wanna, like it quite I a bit. I really want to play it again because I want to play it the right way with the stupid I, I don't need your rotating <laughs> first player rather than the broken rule. Right. Well, that is our review of seasons. Can I just say what? I have I want I'm going to I'm going to put up a post uh yeah, blah, I'm going to learn how to talk. I'm going to put up a peaked interest, I think. Because I'm curious. I'm so irritated by that one little snafu in the rule book. I'm curious what kind of snafus other people find in rule books that just make them go, okay, oh, my fine. goodness, why did you do that? Post it up, lady. So I'll word it better than I have just now. But right. what what makes a good rule book and what makes a really crappy rule book? Talk. Whoa. Okay. Next so time. Let me tell you this. <laughs> This game was chosen by the voice of the people. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> so we need to find out what people want us to play next. It's time for those of you playing at home to get a chance to win a fabulous game review of your choice in an upcoming episode. Simply listen to these choices and cast your vote at our Board Game Geek Guild. Must be a member of our guild and reply by the Friday after this release. Standard Board Game Geek Guild membership required. CRPGG Guild for information on how you can join. Finding our guild is as simple as going to our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, and clicking the forms button at the top of the page. All right, Nicole, what are you thinking? I need to go to the bathroom, so let's hurry this up. Whatever. Come on now. What We've, <laughs> we've chosen three new games to vote on, and this vote will be uh, up. It should be up as the re- at the release of this episode. As opposed to last time where it took you like all weekend. I don't need your snipe. To realize again, that you hadn't again, done it. Once again, if you, you could do it. <laughs> I don't know how. I tried. <laughs> I tried really hard. Too bad. And uh, I failed. So the three, games, the three games that we're going through this time uh, is The Ancient World which is a, is that Rob Davio? I think it is. The same guy who did Above and Below mm-hmm. uh, is, is who no, did this. No, it's, who did it? Who is it? I, it's that guy. That guy. That guy. The Ancient World, which I'm is a game that preceded Above and Below and preceded, uh, what is that game? I can't remember. <laughs> I'm the oh worst. Oh, my goodness. You're not good at I'm this. the worst. Okay, you're not either because you don't Far know Far and away? No. Far and Away is is one of his ones. Right, and right. Islebound is is another Islebound. Yes, thank you. But there's and, one before uh, it, like ancient. something brass or something like that. Anyways, uh, the uh, the next one is Automania. That's one that we're planning on voting on. And the last one is World's Fair 1893. Those are the three ones that you can vote on. Um, and. Don't forget to vote, like to vote on the game. You have to go to our guild to do it. Uh, and while you're at the guild page, you can take part in a discussion. Or Ryan Laucott, Laucott, who Ryan Ryan Laucott Leacock. L- no, L A U K A T Laucott. Wow, I've heard it said Leacock. That's a different like guy, that. Matt Leacock. That's Matt. Dang it, I've he did it a different game. Lockett is his name, Ryan Lockett. Lock it? Yeah, it's lock it. Sure. Let's go with it.
this week we got asked a question by Rodney. and uh, Rodney <laughs> has just become Fred's favorite listener. Rodney's my favorite listener. <laughs> That's not and true. tell us why. <laughs> That's not actually true. I don't know who's my favorite listener. Oh, now Rodney feels like I think everybody needs slammed. to struggle to try to become my favorite listener. I'm just kidding. They oh don't. don't. Don't do anything. Fred will be accepting um, gifts. Rodney asked, and he says, he says this, mostly because I wanted to ask a question so I could hear the cool jingle. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what is the longest game you've played? Tonight, he played the first two eras of the colonists, and it took three and a half hours. Apparently, a full game takes about eight hours to play, and I've had Mansions of Madness sessions that were around five hours to complete. Now, I mean, these games are going to be the same for both of us when I list them out because we play games together. I don't think you've played anything without me that was significantly long. No. Right. So number four, <laughs> number five, uh, I would, I'm just going to list these in a five because why not? Uh, number five was probably Memoir 44. The Defense of Moscow breakthrough mission we played on a snow day took us about four hours for me to, uh, took, took about four hours for me to sort of like get beat enough for me to offer to concede to you. And then you refused the concession. And so we played out the rest of the game and the uh, Russians beat you, didn't they? Yeah, you won, of course. <laughs> uh, number four was Fortune and Glory with six players. It took us about five hours to play that. And that's with people leaving right. partway through. Right. Uh, number three, Arkham Horror, three players. We Ugh. played five hours where you quit uh, because it was I taking too to long. To work. But the good news is, is Matt and I soldiered on and, and kept playing your character and you actually won the game in the end for us and Ta-da. closed the final uh, portal. The second, a close second goes to Mansions of Madness, four players on the mission that takes six hours in the second edition. I can't remember which one it is, but it was it was still fun. I, I That one I didn't feel at all. Really? Yeah. It's so easy. It's just so light. And number one was Touch of Evil. We actually played with both expansions with Matt and Brianna against the ghost ship. And it took us seven hours total over the course of three evenings to play this game. So we nowadays, we like the last three times we played uh, Touch of Evil, we only played with the base set because it takes a little over two hours to do that. Yeah. But it gets exponentially longer the every expansion that you add. Now, of course, I got to mention that I've played Dungeons and Dragons. I played a campaign of it, and the session sessions uh, were lasting uh, probably about two hours long each, and we played 157 of those sessions. So that's well over 300 hours of one game, if you want to look at it like that. But there you go. Now, be sure to visit our guild and see the other listeners' responses under this question, because they actually include a game that took another listener over 100 hours to complete. Which is insane. That is insane. That is insane. So uh, that is our episode 55, and we would like to thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Once again, if you'd like to contact us directly instead of going through the guild, you can email us at talkaboutboardgames uh, at gmail.com. I think we both still have, like, I've got my Nicole at talkaboutboardgames.com, and you have your Fred at talkaboutboardgames.com as well. Right. So if you really want to say something to me that I don't relay back to Nicole, potentially. Hey. (laughs) Fred at talkaboutboardgames.com. Anyways, you can also follow our Twitter at TA Board Games. 
Uh, you could like our Facebook, Talk About Board Games, or Instagram, Talk About Board Games. Uh, taking part in the discussion and voting at our guild is as easy as joining Board Game Geek and joining our guild. The direct link can be found on our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, labeled forums at the top left of the page. Now, in two weeks, our show will return when Nicole and I play the 5 for 5 finale of the bamboo growing and arranging game, Takinoko. Thanks again. <laughs> well, okay, that's that it. like a French card. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the so. French card. <laughs>